He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday, February 7th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to see how you can get your MBA in less than 14 months. The UofL College of Business can make that happen for you and make you feel like you're being paid to do so in the process. Again, business.louisville.edu. Not NBA. MBA. You could go to the NBA though. You might be able to go to the NBA if you want to buy with tickets your to the, if you want to buy tickets to see an NBA game in less than MBA. 13 months. Only the U of L College of Business can make that happen for you. Uh, not sure the U of L basketball program can right now, but the College of Business absolutely no in 13 questions months, asked. You can play for the Louisville Cardinals. We, we can. They might be able to make that happen for you legitimately. But visit business.louisville.edu to see how we're on the air today from three until five thirty. We'll give way a little bit early on. Uh, for Indiana basketball here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know better is the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey. Plenty to get to today. We've got a, it's game day, Tuesday night game, cards taken on pit. We've got some updates on Trevor's uh, Phoenix trip that may, may not happen. We'll talk about that. I haven't we've, checked yet. We've got Louisville Bats manager Pat Kelly coming on at 415. It is just, we are a week away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Spring training. Off and running, the Bats had their kickoff uh, press conference today for the 2023 season, showcased some new unis. Greg Galliette was up there glowing. Pat Kelly himself was was modeling the the new powder blue uniform. He was looking fantastic. We'll talk to him about all that good stuff. And we want to talk to you as well on the Thornton sex line. Hit us up at 502-414-1450. If you've got thoughts, if you've got questions, if you've got comments, if you've got concerns, if you have predictions for tonight's game at the Peterson Event Center, let us know. Via the Thornton Sacks line, and while you're at it, download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. It'll save you money at the pump. It'll save you money inside any one of the 102,312 area Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. They're here for you, and you're here for us. On the text line at 502-414-1450. TK, how are you this fine Tuesday afternoon? You look just as you were upbeat yesterday. You were looking fantastic. You were feeling good. You're back a little bit healthier. It's Super Bowl week, for God's sake. How are you today? Doing better, still doing well. Good. Doing good. Hey, didn't creep back on me. Just uh, spent uh, last night watching a little opening ser- opening night of the Super Bowl stuff. What was that? Uh, basically, just a lot of uh, interviews with uh, the players and coaches and some, people saying dumb stuff. Yeah, nah, not really. No one really said anything stupid. Mostly fluff stuff. Was any eagle arrested? 
yesterday. No, no eagle was arrested that I know of. That's good. Uh, hopefully, it's not going with it keeps up. But uh, no, no, no one arrested as of now. No one said anything. Uh, yeah, no, no one gave any bulletin board material, so to speak. I guess you could say and it was pretty easy. Most, most of you know, talking to pops about his time in Philly and, and time in Kansas City, and people trying to get him. You know, which one do you like better? And he wouldn't fall for it. And they tried to get uh, Travis and Jason to talk well, about. Well, I was gonna it. say now. Now I've heard there are two brothers playing in this game. Can you confirm yeah. that? Yeah, two, my yeah. I, I, my brothers, Travis and Jason, if those who don't know, we are related. I'm kind of the Cooper of the family. Start calling you Cooper. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the brother they just kind of locked in the closet. I'm, I'm, I'm the one that got locked into the stairwell like uh, Harry Potter. And, they even and, spelled your name differently. Yeah, they did, Yeah, they wouldn't even give my name. I'm, I'm Joe Dirt. I'm like, that's, that's, exactly. That's what I am. They, you, that's why you named Joe Dirt instead of Kelsey with a not, C. Not a maker. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, but they are, and they tried to, they tried to get, uh, you know, my, my older brother, or my younger brother, excuse me, because I'm actually older than both, which just, just makes me kind of a little nauseous now that I think about you that. You set the tone for the rest of the family. Not, not just said it out loud. I am feeling a little <laughs> nauseous again. Now I just realized I'm like six years older than Jason, who's older than Travis. You're, you're significantly <laughs> older than Travis Kelsey. Yes. Uh, well, Travis is two years younger than Jason, and Jason's 34, so I'm seven years old. Or, no, not, oh, good Yeah, Lord. I was going to say Travis, do the math, the math here. Yeah, you are more than you, you are a full decade older than Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I was. I was kind of the parents' mistake. Um, <laughs> just the, you they, showed them the ropes. Yeah, it was a it was a honeymoon thing, and then I popped out, and they were like, you know, oh well, you know, yeah, it's like the first set of pancakes. You always mess up the first one, you know. That next two are really good. That's so. true. That's true. Also, you learn not to smoke, you know, when you're pregnant. Mom did so. Uh, you know that, that that helped. Maybe one glass of wine a night isn't okay. <laughs> well, she thought it was an hour. <laughs> so I mean, it was you misread the instructions. So it happens when you start drinking the wine before you read the instructions. So therefore, uh, yeah, Everclear and cranberry juice. <laughs> yeah, who knew, right? Uh, she, she said it was clear. It can't be that bad, like Sprite. They called it the Norburn wine. <laughs> they uh, so they yeah they they got the athletic ability in the family, unfortunately, and but they 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 tried to get them to talk about how you know they used to beat each other up back in the day, and neither would you know give any kind of material. Did you guys used to play football in your backyard? Maybe? There was one thing during the Travis interview. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that heard this, but like, because you couldn't hear the questions being asked because it was so loud. You know, everything's so loud in the background. So you'd hear them like kind of mumbling in the background, and the player would lean forward and then he would answer. You could almost almost always guess what the question was upon the answer. Sure. I don't. I don't know if I. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I, I guess I can say this maybe out of context, but well, now like, nervous. Like. <laughs> this is, this is 306 here so like at one point like you don't hear the question and then you should travis just say is oh definitely yes that's on the, his drumsticks regularly <laughs> and i'm like i'm like looking around like okay am i the only one who just heard this like no one reacts no one says anything and then he's like answers a random other question and then they go back to the, the stooges the blues you know whatever his name is the linebacker from the the patriots and the other goopball woody and uh, and they're just like talking about like cookies that, that mom brought them, and I'm like, I, I'm the only one that heard this, right? Like, wh- wh- I want to know, like, out of context, what is, wh- what are we talking about here? Well, you know what a drumstick is. I I'm assuming that's what he's referring like the ice cream. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's a drumstick, and you can get you can get that with or without nuts. Oh. So I'm assuming that he preferred his nutless, and his brother liked nuts on the drumstick. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Why Jason's a better player. Yeah, it's the 
It's the cone with the chocolate coating. I remember, yeah. I remember, and then you get, yeah. oh, that last bite just brings you back. We have a little chocolate at the bottom of the cone. Oh, you get the good ones with like the uh, the caramel in the middle and you're stuff. Like, you're like halfway done. You're like, man, I don't even know if I wanted to eat this. This is too much of a commitment. Then you have that last bite, and you're like, I kind of want another one. Oh, that's love, how they get you. I love the waffle cone part of a, of a drumstick, or even just a waffle cone ice cream. That's how they get you. That's. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what was what was being discussed there. I didn't even think about that. You are compl- you are probably 100 right. I thought it was just a Thanksgiving tradition gone wrong. <laughs> <I thought. laughs> so that that was pretty much my you know Some band you know, shenanigans. So I watched that to around 11 or so. Then they they replayed the uh, a 30 minute thing on the uh, the world of uh, NFL films on the Super Bowl from the Eagles against the Patriots, which was fun love to it. watch. And uh, Corey Clement still love you. And then I uh, watched uh, Armageddon. Oh, yeah, you did. You, you told me you were watching. I was like, I'm going to watch. I'm like watching Armageddon. You should have watched Deep Impact. So I watched Armageddon. And then uh, then after that, I watched She's Not She's Out of, out of My League. She's Not in My League or whatever. The movie with uh, where the dude dates the supermodel. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Uh, it's pretty. It's got the, um, oh, the guy from Silicon Valley. And I think I kicked off the show because he was too, like no one liked him. The one with the big curly hair. Uh, he's in it. The guy from This Is The End. That Seth Rollins. Seth Roll, uh, uh, the Martin guy that comes to town and visits him, and this is the end. Oh yeah, he he's like the he's Dead. like the main guy. Yeah, and he's he hooks up with the like I can't remember the model's name. She's hot, obviously she's modeling, and uh, everybody keeps telling her he's you know she's not in your league, she's too good for you, so he believes it. And it's it's a pretty funny movie actually though. Sounds right, my. It's alley. set in Pittsburgh. Have you um have you seen the news about Jerry Lawler? Because I'm just not. I just saw it too. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want. I wasn't going to bring it up in the middle of the ranting on uh, about drumsticks and uh, nuts. So yeah. Uh, he had a stroke last night in Fort Myers. Yes, unfortunately, he's but he's okay from what I'm reading now. Latest condition is that is good. He's expected to recover, which is is good. He's had a, he's had some issues before, hasn't he? He had something a, a while back. I feel like. And you would think, well, he's wrestler territory days. Rough, like he's straight edge. He doesn't drink or smoke or anything. I can see that. Yeah, he's actually he's a straight edge guy. So, uh, it's you know, his only weakness is uh, just pretty much younger women. <laughs> it's yeah. Kind of Leonardo DiCaprio style, who also was trending today. I saw. I, which I some yeah. of the ones like you know you like, know like, that he's old and he's dating a twenty one year old or however old she is. She's nineteen. But like <laughs> oh, she's nineteen. I thought she was twenty one. Nineteen. You sure? That's what everyone on Twitter was talking about. I'm pretty sure she's twenty one. Okay. Well, at least that's like, she, which is still. I mean. He's 48. It's insane. Like, somebody was talking about Leonardo DiCaprio's current girlfriend had her high school experience affected by COVID. Yes, I saw that. I was like, are you kidding me? And then there's the, you know, the um, the guy who was the Red Viper hosted SNL this weekend, whose name I can't remember now. I don't know who Red Viper is. From Game of Thrones. Oh, oh, oh the, the guy that got crushed by the mountain? Exactly. Okay, is he, I didn't know. He so was... he's the star of this new... Sorry, spoiler people. Yeah, he, He's the star of that... Mandalorian show. He's the star of this uh, oh, The Last of Us show. Yes, I knew you're right. He's a Mandalorian. I remember. And that so now. he's basically so he he's the, the star, and one of the co-stars is the girl who was the like the very well spoken. I can't remember the, her name in Game of Thrones. Who like she like led her house. She was very brave. All that stuff. Like she talking became, about his stepsister. He was sleeping with. No, no, no. no the, the little girl. Um, oh, it's about Bear 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 Mountain. The bear. The bear. Yes, fight. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the one that got killed by the the the, the big the end, giant ogre. Yeah, yeah. just giving away all these different spoilers, <laughs> which is fine. Well, it's kind of cool though how the way she fought back. Yeah, it was though. great. Yeah. She had a she she had a deserved death. Moron's uh, aunt. Yes. Yeah. How so, was. the age difference between them is the same as DiCaprio and this girl. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you can always make everything sound a little creepy. <laughs> it's 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 yeah, it's insane. The man just keeps reloading. Like for example, I just clicked on the lo- the first thing I clicked on when I saw like Lawler trending 
was, uh, I guess, a quote of his that said, uh, I don't mind dating younger girls. It's just awkward when I drop them off at school. (laughs) (laughs) That's the third tweet I saw when I clicked on his name for trending. And I saw it, I was like, oh, no. Because Lawler's been in trouble the past with dating younger women yeah, as well. It happens. He's yeah, he's been married like twelve times. I mean, I get it if you're in like your your late twenties, but I mean, if you're if, if she, I mean, I mean, not to sound creepy, but if she's number two, who cares? I mean, if she wants to be with him, and he wants to be with her. Why does it matter? It's still weird. I mean, I get, it can be. It, it's weird because I don't. I can't imagine how who like how to have a conversation with somebody that age. I mean, I you mean, know the rule: divide your age in half, add seven. That's the rule. If you're twenty eight, you can date a twenty one year old. Is this like the rule three thing when you're telling them how many you slept with before you met her? No. Divide your age okay. in half, add seven. It's all limit. If you are a 24-year-old. Okay, so I'm 40. So, so we're something. I'm 43, so that would that would make what? So 21-ish. Let's say 21. Just got in. Yeah. 42. 28-year-old. Tw- so I can't date anyone under 28? No. It's weird. Yeah, I mean. if you're tw- it, it works. If you're 24, 19 kind of feels like it should be the limit. That works. Right? I, I, if you're 30, 22, you're pushing it, but yeah. technically okay by this rule. DiCaprio's way over the rule. If, so what if you're like you're 25, then it's like 12, that's it's 19. 25, yeah, 19, okay. 19, 20. But where does this, because I'm assuming you're 20, I mean. There, there's a, well, <laughs> when it becomes illegal, that's when the rule stops coming into play. Okay, that sounds all right, because I, I, I did a girl who was 25 when I was 20. I remember you were robbing the cradle at one point. Yeah, no, I went the other way around. Yeah, and I was I was twenty three and she was eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> show up at her high school. Like I just, Andy from I, the just office. I just basically overcorrect both ways. I'm like, you know, I just went from the older one with a kid to let's just you know go back the other way around. You're just experienced. <laughs> yeah, well versed in dating. What can I say? Roddy's a spice of life. Exactly. Now let's let's get an update. It's the it's Tuesday now. We talked about your potential trip to Phoenix. Yeah. Sorry, was, you're checking tickets. You're checking hotels. You're trying to figure out what you're going to do. Do we have any updates? Are, are you just – I kind of feel like it's still early in the week. I kind of feel like you're just planning on winging this at this point. I am. Is that bad I, I pretty yeah. much told you that exactly in those same words yesterday, yeah, I think. I think that's where we are right now. That was the uh, – that quote I used. Let's check tickets now. And they go, drum roll. One ticket because no one wants to go with me. Uh, 40 That's a lot. Still a lot. Still, still hovering on that four mark. I will say this: the nosebleeds haven't gone down, but I click on like the lower levels, and they've gone way down from like the twenty. There's there's some lower levels around that than the uh, nine ten thousand dollar mark. That might be a good sign. If, if anybody wants to, you know, like you know, go halfies with me, that could be a good sign. <laughs> if you want to go to the Super Bowl with Trevor, just let him know. No, I just mean like pay for half the ticket. Oh, just pay, <laughs> and then I can pay the other half and I can sit the lower level for the price of an upper level. My if, if we win the lottery last night, I don't know. So my buddy who works for AT and T, my best friend, who can give me a ticket. He I, he's got a lot of tickets. He's he, got. He can't give any of them away. Okay, how about he gives it to me for an amount of cash less than four thousand dollars? These are AT and T corporate tickets. Like this, this is the Super Bowl. It's not fair. It's like any other big event. They all these tickets go to the corporate people. It's not. I can I can claim AT and T. So he's in charge of. I talked to him last night. He he's in charge of seating, and so in his. T- in his Ticketmaster account right now, he's got like 255 lower level seats, which all comes out to about $3.5 million worth of Super Bowl tickets. I believe it. In his account. I mean, like, I, I was like, theoretically, if you wanted to just sell all those and then quit your job the next day, 
could you be prosecuted? He's like, I would be making a run for Mexico, but it could have three and a half million dollars. Yeah, means in Mexico, that's that's you know like seven million in America, right? You could be fine. You could make a whole life for himself if you yeah, want to. Right now, you could buy like a whole like uh, yeah, whole like a campground and like build a, a commune and stuff. He also, I mean, he's taking his job very seriously. So he was talking about he. The other thing that he's in charge of is they have these these big events Nerd. where they've got to go hire somebody to come and like some, somebody cool in the world from the world of football uh-huh, to come speak. Uh-huh. And then, like, meet and greet, take selfies, do all this stuff. And they get paid $50,000. Last year, it was Dak Prescott. I can do that. And so, me and, and and my buddy Danny, we instantly start just, like, going over who the worst people you could have come back with. Like, what if you came back to the AT&T higher up? You're like, I got Andy Dick. He's, like, he's coming to our event. Wait, I thought, now you're talking football players? or They wanted football players, but I was like, who could you have theoretically come back right up the, with? Because the back of my head, I was thinking Josh Sills. <laughs> when I wouldn't bring in for 50 grand. It's like, Mark. you remember him from Real World Road Rules Challenge, <laughs> my friend. Say hello to Johnny Bananas. And they're like, what? All these like 65-year-old men are like, what the hell is Johnny it's Bananas? Fuck. But so they had, he got Dak last year. They wanted to go after Joe Burrow. Burrow was 75K. He's a little higher in price. Didn't he also play? What? No, yeah. this this year. Oh, okay, okay. So he, they ended up getting Christian McCaffrey for fifty thousand. He's like, it's the easiest thing of all time. It's all you're there for forty five minutes. You speak for like five minutes. You shake hands. You take selfies. You have like another little place where you talk to like the real higher ups that paid all this money. I'm like, I you know. Yeah, but also the deck. I felt this a lot of times, but I should have just been a famous athlete. I don't know. I don't know why I chose to go this route. If I could have been a famous athlete, I could couldn't been paid. Fifty thousand dollars for forty-five minutes of my time on Super Bowl weekend—it would have been just an easier life, Trevor. Yeah, I think if you're a Dak Prescott or probably even Christian McCaffrey, I can't remember what contract he has signed. Fifty grand is like peanuts. That's like it's probably not even it's worth 40, forty-five minutes worth. That of your might time. not even be worth forty-five minutes of your time if you're Dak Prescott. No, it's it's pretty easy. And <laughs> what was the story? I remember the, the story, a great story I read where Drew Bledsoe when he's with the Patriots and he like dropped his car off to get detailed. And like I, I can't remember, I just, like the people call him back and they're like, "You need to come here. There's you have game checks like in your visor, like up in the visor of your car, like un, uncashed game checks." He's like, "Well, just can you throw them in a safe or something?" And the guy was like, "It's like one point two million worth in checks." He's like, "We can't. We can't insure this. You have to come get these checks." He just had him like sitting just in his car. It's a different world. And I'm just saying, I <laughs> I can think of some worse player. I mean, Mark Chamura maybe. <laughs> There were a couple of times when I worked at the, the law firm where I was working at where I would have to – there used to be a bank right across from our, our building at the Modinger Tower. Uh, I think now it's like a CVS. But it, it used to be a bank. And, like, I would have to go across with the client checks, like, all the time and just deposit them throughout the day. And, like, every now and then I'd glance down, and I was like, oh, my God. That's <laughs> like, how long would I – I'm making, like, $9 an hour at this point. I'm like, how long would I have to work here to make this amount of money? And you're doing the math, like, oh, like 173 years. Ooh, 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 I got an idea. Okay. You ready? Rob a bank? Well, and, and sort of. This uh, We tell you, do, set this up with your buddy. I'll go, and we'll do just like Sunny in Philadelphia where they told the dude, the, the guy from, uh, was, was Don McNabb. Yeah. I'll come out there and just be like, it's Lane Johnson, everybody. I'm like, hey, they're offensive linemen. Who knows what they really look? Quentin Nelson. I can be Quentin Nelson. One of the best guards in football for the Colts. Okay. Braden Smith. I, I, be, I'm, I can be one of these guys. You and Christian McCaffrey together. They can say I'm Christian McCaffrey. Okay. How else do you think we lost 31 to 7? Look at me. Just buy a generic Colts jersey with like one of those with like no names on the back that's just yeah. very, like made in China. I mean, does anybody just really show up wearing that thing? That's it's like, does anybody really even know what some of these guys even look like? Come would on. I be wearing the jersey if I wasn't who I say I am? It's like, well, Christian McCaffrey's in a full 
fifteen thousand dollar suit. So it's like, well, I don't know if that's really him. Hey, I'm a football player who makes millions of dollars trying to get fifty grand here. Of course I'm cheap, all right? I'm mad about the Super Bowl. What do you want me to say? You ever seen property taxes in San Francisco over here, people? So the the real update is we don't have an update. You, you're not you're not sure. You're still you're leaning towards going. I feel like still I just I gotta keep an eye on it. I, the, gotta keep it on. The I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to talk myself. I don't know which way I'm trying to talk myself into right now. Other than the fact I'm just starting to realize you have one best friend who works at AT&T with millions of dollars worth of tickets. You have mm-hmm. another one that's a batting coach for the the uh, Yankees. I clearly chose the wrong friend in this group. Yeah, he was. <laughs> by the way, Dylan was talking about. He's like his kids started to play baseball for the first time. And he's like going to his practices, and I was like, "Why don't you just wear your full Yankees uniform?" It's like the dad in the stands, like cleats and everything, and just be like, "I wouldn't do that if I were you." He's like, "He's like, I go sit in the car for ninety percent of." It. He's like, "I can't take it." He's like, "I just, I just don't want to watch. I don't want anything have anything to do with it." I'm like, "You could pull a pretty big trump card if you wanted to." <laughs> Get coach. What are you doing? That's not the way you teach it. It's like, what do you know? It's like, oh, I did. Did you lead Aaron Judge to sixty three home runs last year? Because I think I did. You know, we won the World Series in six games. In six games. Come on. <laughs> didn't you tell me he didn't even know Seinfeld references? He doesn't get Seinfeld references. That's the, how do you not? How do you work for the Yankees and not get Seinfeld references? The best part about Dylan is he drove to school every day growing up. His dad had a Yankee sock sticker in the back of the like Volvo. <laughs> Was he a Red Sox fan? No, I think he just hated the Yankees. Yeah. I, I I feel like anybody that doesn't live like east of the Hudson River should hate the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, they're easy to hate. Yeah, They're the most hateable team in, in baseball for a lot of Unless you have like a personal vendetta against other teams like I have with the, the Red Sox and the Cubs. But, I, you know, I root for the Yankees now, kind of. I just, I don't, I, don't, I hate the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, I, I did before a friend started working there. But And if he gets another job, I'll probably hate him again. <laughs> That's the way it works. All right, we got uh, we got basketball tonight. Cards taking on Pitt. Speaking of things, the enthusiasm in the things boys. That suck. <laughs> imagine, imagine telling us like twelve months ago, this is the way we'd be talking about a game on February seventh. It's like after discussions about wrestling and you know what Trevor who Trevor could pose as. How how, how, young, can, how young can I get into the Dayton market? <laughs> it's like, well, let's talk about the game. Uh, cards taking on Pitt tonight, seven o'clock. Another ACC Network game. We got my guy Jay Alter on the call. Uh, along with, I can't remember who else the, the other guy is. It uh, matter. He's done our games before. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's going to be okay. Uh, you sound like popular. The post game brought to you by, ah, oh, crap, I can't find it. Malcolm Huckabee is the is the. Oh, the, yeah. So he's done games before. Pitt is a 15.5 point favorite over the cards. This is a, a game that a month ago Pitt won by 21 points uh, on our home floor, 75 to 54. That was back on January 18th. The cards still. We've dominated Pitt historically, like we said last time. Doesn't mean anything for this year. Uh, we have won still 17 of the last 20, and we are 21 and eight against these guys all time. But the last performance speaks pretty loudly. I I didn't. I don't think I realized this until I saw a story today that I put on the news and notes post on Card Chronicle, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. You know, whenever you're playing Louisville, I think that opposing beat writers have just as much difficulty figuring out some sort of like like angle, the same way that people who cover Louisville do from a day-to-day basis. So the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, their angle for this game was Pitt looking to avoid trap game against Louisville. And I was like, trap game? Who, who like, Do they have somebody big coming up with their schedule? Are they playing you know Virginia this weekend? What's going on? And I looked at their schedule. Their schedule down the stretch sucks. Like, they play nobody. They're 9-3 and three right now. They're tied for... They're technically tied for second place in the ACC. Clemson's 10-3, and three, so they're only a half game back. They're, they're even with the leaders in the ACC in the loss column. They end the season, their last eight games are this. 
Louisville, FSU, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Notre Dame, and then their final game is really the only game that they are projected to be an underdog in at Miami. Ah, but yes, but they've won five out of six, and the only loss in that stretch was at was against Florida State, who they go on the road with at after Louisville. It was. And they did beat Miami earlier in the year. They beat them just uh, last week uh, yeah. on Saturday. My point is this. Pitt may damn win the ACC regular season title. Like two they, like going into the season. They've got a really legit That was the game we shot. were like circling. That was one of our, you know, hey, this – they're this we always year, beat them. This is this year's basketball Syracuse. Yeah, we all. I mean, we always we dominate Pitt. So of course, and they were supposed to be bad again this year. They're going to fire Jeff Capel, all this stuff. Yeah, we split with them last year though. We did. Well, and that was like a disaster. Remember, it was the worst season of all time. We can't even. Uh, beat, yeah. We can't even sweep Pitt now. We're That's like, until tonight makes record history tonight. Like, can we get within twenty of Pitt in, in take two? But Pitt is. They're tied with Virginia right now at nine and three. Clemson's ten and three. Miami sitting there at ten to four. Miami, by the way, just spanked Duke last night. Called that one. I told you, I love that team. I picked Duke to win. Did, but I was like, I like Miami more. I think they're going deep in the tournament. Duke's got serious issues. I mean, hell, if you think Duke's got serious issues, North Carolina's got very serious issues. But Miami just destroyed. Miami just got just a better team and well coached. Well, yeah, they're they're great. They're eighty one to fifty nine. I'm all in on the on the Hurricanes. I've been all in since the beginning of the season. I thought maybe they slip up last night and then get right. But we we play them on Saturday, which is and that's fun. That'll be great. Um. But they, Jim Renegg is a nice guy. He might pull back. On they're him. scheduled down the stretch. <laughs> they're scheduled down the stretch a little bit tougher than than Pitts. They're at North Carolina next week, and what will probably be a desperate game for UNC. But that the end of the season, who would have thought? Like Pitt, Miami on on March fourth, that last Saturday, could wind up deciding who wins the the ACC title. Who would have thunk it going into the year? Pitt, Miami. It's like. Is talking college football or college basketball here? Well, they're better at basketball than they are <laughs> yeah, football right now. Right now. You're the thing, and then Virginia though, their schedule they do get to play us twice. Well, now in case you're wondering, those can be traps. <laughs> Trap games for Tony Bennett and company. Yeah. But Pitt, I mean, Pitt comes into this game tonight playing very good basketball. You mentioned the loss to Florida State, their only loss over the last three weeks, and they've got some impressive wins sprinkled into that mix. They just beat North Carolina. On on last Wednesday, they've had a you know, thank God they had a full eight days to prepare for us. But they've got that <laughs> they beat Miami the day the Saturday before that. They beat Wake Forest right before then. Um, they've beaten they've swept Carolina this year. They've beaten Virginia. They almost they, they probably should have beaten Duke that first time they played them. They should have beaten Clemson the first time they played them. The only real decisive loss that they've had, oddly, is that home loss to Florida State a couple of Saturdays ago, which. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but they'll have a chance since the beginning of the year. Yeah, at some revenge. Yeah, beginning of the year they they struggled. They yeah, they, they they had the bad opening with Michigan and West Virginia, and right? And then somehow lost to Vandy. But conference play, yeah. <laughs> they've been hitting their stride. And it's I know tortured Pitt fans over the years have been waiting for this season, waiting for some sort of sign that they could be back. And it kind of feels like they're they're here right now. Having said that, you're seeing a team basically of all the new places that are just now gelling, and you're seeing how they're gelling as the season goes along. Yeah, I mean, you remember now on the opposite side, yeah, <laughs> their best player going into the season was supposed to be John Hughley, the big man who kept getting yeah. in fights with Malik Williams last year, and he's been out. He's been out for basically this entire season. And he's not coming back. <laughs> so they are they're a totally different team than they have been. When you think Pitt, I think you think big, brawny, defensive style, w- ugly basketball. Yeah. They're a small team. Like they basically start four guys that can be considered guards, and they're the second best three point shooting team in the conference. We saw they took 34 threes against us the last time we played. They made 14 of them. So, I mean, again, 
a team that knocks down a bunch of threes, not great for us considering we just refuse to guard the perimeter against anybody. Hey, we'll we'll start guarding the perimeter when they start missing them, okay? We're an equal opportunity offender, too. Like It doesn't matter if you're great shooting threes. It doesn't matter if you're terrible at shooting threes. We're going to let you take some wide open ones, and we're just going to sit back and hope you miss, and then maybe we'll go get to some defensive rebounds. We don't know. We'll, we'll decide on that night. I mean, the headlines for Pittsburgh is also getting the, uh, the, the Dior Johnson kid, and he's never even played, has he? Yeah, good point. Like yeah. We thought Dior Johnson was a guy that maybe – you know, we let slip through our fingers who we could have gotten, who could have made a huge difference. Uh, he goes to Pitt. He gets in some trouble before the season starts, and, and we're probably never going to see him play as a Panther. Mm. But it, Him and Hewlett are the only two top 100 recruits they have on the roster. Yeah, they, and they've still wound up somehow being 16-7 and seven here, 9-3 and three overall. But if you're talking about why you should be a little bit like worried about games like this if you're Pitt, as much as we're sitting here talking about their chances to win the ACC title and turning around and, and being good and all stuff, they're just a couple of bad losses away from being back on the wrong side of the bubble. Because that resume, their non-conference resume is is nothing. They've got a lot of quad one, quad two wins. I think they have, like their game notes, they have the second most in the ACC and like the 16th most in the, in the country. But they've got some bad losses sprinkled in there. And bad losses do matter. They don't matter as much as good wins, but they do matter. And you've got, I mean, if you lose to Louisville at home, it's it's like a quad 17 loss. It, it's, it's a quad four, but it feels like it's like a quad 17. And they've got a bunch of opportunities down the stretch to lose games that could look really, really bad in the resume and not a whole lot of opportunities to improve uh, upon that resume. Right now in Bracketology, they're an eight seed. So you look at that. If you lose, let's say you lost this game to Louisville and then you turn around and you lost to either Florida State or Boston College, it probably knocks you down to the first four, if not out of the field entirely. So they've got, as much as they have to play for, being 9-3 and three and being right at the top of the ACC standings, they've still got a lot to lose, and they don't have a whole lot of margin for error in these games that they're expected to win these next couple of weeks. So if you're hoping that maybe Pitt's going to look over you, it is going to be kind of a trap game. I can't imagine that's going to be the case. They have way too much to play for here this late in the season, which is kind yeah. of the, the boat that we wish we were in. Plus, you're talking about a team that is nothing but, like, 22-year-old men. They're, yeah, a lot they're, of old they're, I mean, they're, 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 I think they start like, I don't know, do they even play an underclassman? No, they are super old. Yeah, they're the yeah, oldest I, team in the I ACC. think they're top. Yeah, they're all all their top scores are all seniors except I think they've one junior mixed in there. I mean, it's, yeah, they're, 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 this isn't the first rodeo. They're they're not a team that I expect to get rattled by a gay a quote unquote trap game against a Louisville team that is complete opposite of everything that Pittsburgh brings to the table. It's it yeah. shouldn't be. I mean, now I, I I'd say that, and I mean, you don't, but I I would not expect. They also, I mean, if you've watched Pitt play, whether it's it's the game against us or against anybody else, they like they're kind of like bleep talkers. Like they get into every game. They 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 want to. That's the one. They may play a different style. But they still have that old school Pitt mentality of like they're gonna talk bleep to you. They're gonna like you know remember the last game where we played them where the dude kind of talked crap to Kenny Payne and he's like Payne's like that's what I want oh, our guys to right. do. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I couldn't remember which game. I knew that was a game where we got blown out, so I couldn't remember which one it was. It's, yeah, you had several choices. <laughs> I was like, what? that happened during one of the blowouts. <laughs> but you know, they do a lot of that. Like they're going to to try and punk you. They're going to try to, to intimidate you. And it's like they, they've been doing that to us for years. Even when we were kicking their ass, like they've been kind of under capable. They've been a bleep talking team. They don't take anyone lightly. They do play. They play hard as hell. And when that's the case, it's tough for a team like Louisville to just. I mean, like the only reason I predicted to win over Georgia Tech because I'm like. These dudes play like they care less than we do. Like that's my big thing. And Pitt's not going to be that way. Like they're going to scrap for everything. They may play poorly tonight, but unless Louisville is scrapping equally hard and kind of playing out of their minds, it's hard for me to see the Cards having a chance to win this one 
late. And Pitts, again, they're not a tremendous team. In a normal year, this is a game where you'd feel like Louisville would have a great shot at winning, but this is it's certainly not a normal year. They're 15.5-point favorites here for a reason. And still don't know if I want to do the spread. I mean, Pitt's winning tonight. I mean, that's that's a given, but... Spoiler. Five, 525. Spoiler, I think the spoiler. Save it for 525. <laughs> uh, if you've got thoughts on the game tonight, hit us up at 502-414-1450. I have a couple of additional hoops thoughts to get to. We've got some football notes as well, but we'll hit the text line after the break for the first time. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. Keep it locked right here on a Tuesday on 1450 and 961, the Big X. Take you wonder by wonder Over sideways and under On a magic carpet ride A whole new world Who is this? This is the original people, Bryson and Regina Bell version. Not the movie version. Yeah, it's kind of like... um, the version, like, you know, Elton John did Circle Life, but they had the other two people sing it. Yeah, that kind of thing. Like how Disney started doing that in the 90s. Don't you dare close your eyes. Hold your breath, it gets it's better. All right, welcome back in. Tuesday edition of the Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. There's a theme today. Speaking of this song, we're just a week away from Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. A week from today, Kentucky residents need to be on high alert. Romance scams are expected to surge around Valentine's Day. Amen. <laughs> in 2021, in the United States, $547 million was lost to romance scams. Yeah, I mean. In Kentucky in 2021, 227 victims lost a total of $7,386,818 to romance scams, an average loss of $32,541 per victim. If Quick lesson here. If you have sent over $1,000 to a person, I, I'm putting the bar low. I would say if you've sent $50 to a person and they have not shown their face to you, you've not met them in person, stop. You're being scammed. I was gonna say, but well, if it's a thousand, absolutely stop. You're being scammed. Like, I was gonna say, what 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 falls under like a what actually falls under a romance scam? Like, I'm just sadly, a lot of times it's older single women that fall victim to this. These people will send them, you know, I, I noticed your profile on Facebook. You're very beautiful, and like uh-huh. they'll, they'll, they'll conversate back and forth, and then eventually it'll be like, I really, you know, I'm in a bad situation. I need money for this, this, and this. Uh-huh. Like. One of uh, Mary has oh, a family. On, I'm taking notes, dude. Has a family friend back <laughs> home that got caught, like, like, like a catfish, like this, and it's terrible. Here's the, the in all honesty, the, the best thing to do 
if you if you find yourself in this situation, I hope you never do. There's a reverse image search on Google. So if somebody sends themselves a picture of you, uh, of them, or who they are purporting themselves to be, run the Google reverse image search. See if it comes up on somebody else's profile. See if it comes up on a scam website. See if it just comes up as somebody other than who this person is claiming to be. It's very easy. I didn't know the thing existed. Yeah, you can find where you can find out where any picture originates. Go to Google, find the reverse image search, plug the the picture address in there. It'll show you where it comes from. Huh? Yeah. I was unaware of that. If they ask you for crypto money, just say no. Like, I, I no. just yeah, I don't get like like like, did they, like to me like a, like a romantic scam is like like hey meet me on the rooftop at midnight in like the middle of winter, and then you just like you just don't no one shows up and I'm you're just out there. Well, it's you know. not really a scam. It's just kind of a prank. Oh okay. Scam still, still mean. Scam you're stealing from people. You're, you're stealing something. Stole my dignity. I mean, that, Wait, per, that, that guy's dignity. That yeah. happened to you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> For a second, though, you sold it well. I was like, <laughs> we got to hear the story now. <laughs> I was sad as you actually believed it could have happened. I, For a second, I did. That's, that's, I don't know if that's, that's, that upsets me or not. <laughs> Kenny Klein once. They sent, uh, they were doing a surprise party for Tom Jurich, and he sent John Ramsey to like the wrong, it was like a building. I think you told me that. That was under construction. John's like, I get off the elevator, and it's like, it's a floor that's completely under construction. There's nothing there. There's like some workers, and they're like, can we help you? Wouldn't he have noticed like it when it's under construction? John was just like, son of a bitch. Like, damn it. He's like, I go to the actual party. Kenny's like laughing his ass off. Kenny's the funniest guy alive. I mean, (laughs) no offense to John, but I mean, usually they have like, you know, like notifications of construction going on in buildings. Yeah, I couldn't tell from the outside. Okay, I'm giving them benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm trying it's to a help. Funny prank. I'm really trying to help him out here. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton text line. We'll take some text from you guys here. Uh, Pedro Pascal, that's the name. Uh, he's the the Red Viper that I was trying to remember earlier. Oh, I wouldn't. He's in all these. He's been all these huge franchises. He was great on SNL, actually. Honestly, I forgot that he until you. I didn't even. It didn't even click. In my head, that he was also the Mandalorian. Like, it's not like, because I've watched yeah. Mandalorian for the first two seasons, I guess. I but I guess do. he wears a mask in the Mandalorian. A lot. He does, he does take it. He, he, take, he shows his face. But. I mean, he's been in all these just huge franchises recently. He's, he's killing it. But, like, you don't really know his name. Like, he just got really popular, like, late in life. He's just, to me, he's always going to be the Viper. Yeah. The, the Red Viper was a classic. Viper, Ma- oh, one of the better, better episodes in the. In for the sure. Yeah. That whole, the whole storyline was great. Yeah. Apparently, Ray Caruth just got out of jail. Really? Texas, that would be a bad. I was gonna say, I was just like, because I said Shamur. I was like, I I avoided Cruz because I thought he was still in prison. I've read. I guess he'd have been like, I mean, how much can you? How many cigarettes can you buy for fifty grand? (laughs) I read that Rolling Stone like deep dive. I think it was Rolling Stone several years ago about Ray Cruz and just how dumb. Well, dumb and evil. Like he he was like his son now, who's grown up, like the one that he abandoned, like sort of lost. Tried to kill. Yeah, exactly. Who's now mentally handicapped because of the oh is he i didn't know that yeah it's it's, it's a horrible i mean he's just a terrible terrible person but he probably had to hide in a trunk in a car yeah not a good guy not not a good guy that was that was a crazy <laughs> and he went again that colorado team in the 90s that program yeah good lord i mean that, that i mean before even Cruz got there you didn't you had michael westbrook remember he used to beat up teammates in practice got in a fight with stephen davis when he was with the redskins and just oh man Texas says, sorry, Trevor, you look nothing like Quentin Nelson. <laughs> what does Quentin Nelson look like? He's, you know who he is, don't you? Yeah. He's the left guard for from Notre Dame that plays for the goal. probably couldn't pull this off. I just That's the first name. Well, I mean, he's a big name, so it's popped in my head. Maybe go with a, a not big name. <laughs> maybe, maybe we go with somebody that like people don't know is in the NFL. 
<laughs> like Trevor Kelsey? Yes. <laughs> You're a Kelsey brother. How about just go in there and spell my name with a C-E and they just think I'm just some, I'm like some other cousin? I'm a practice squad guy. Yeah. <laughs> What's it like being the third brother? You just answer that question the entire day. Texas says, how does TK have money to go to the Super Bowl? This is the question that we all want answered. We talked about this yesterday. Like You you don't really spend money. I don't go anywhere. I don't do anything. I, 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 I own a home, so it's not going, you know, I don't have to, I pay property tax in the year, but that's it. I mean, I have, you know, cable bills and, you know, small bills, but I don't, yeah, I don't have any, I don't have a life. Yeah. I don't have kids, no of, and I don't have a girlfriend, you know, I, I don't have a social life. I don't, I don't send money to, to, to women who friend me on Facebook without actually meeting them. Not getting scammed. No. Not no Valentine's I don't even, I don't even accept their friends. I, 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 <laughs> I, I troll their pictures and then reject. <laughs> Texas, in his trek to the Super Bowl, TK has to travel, share a hotel room, and watch the game with one of each of the following three people. <laughs> Terrell Owens, Vince Tyree, and Mick Cronin. Oh, good Lord. Who do you choose for each big guy? So who would you who would you share a hotel room? Who would you share the car ride with? And who would you watch the game with? I feel like watching the game is the easiest one because it's going to be loud. You don't really need to talk to them. You don't have to entertain them. I'm watching the game with Terrell Owens. So when we win, I can DX chop right in his face and tell him what a punk little B is. I like that. And that's why he couldn't go to the Hall of Fame, which he shouldn't even be in the Hall of Fame. That's why he didn't get to show up for the Hall of Fame, punk. Uh, I did a road trip with Mick Cronin just so I could pick his brain. Okay. I don't like him, but he could tell some stories, I bet. He's got good stories. I mean, the guy the guy was in the 90s with Bobby Huggins. I mean, there's got to be some good drunk stories there. Give you a lot of horse racing stories. I mean, at least. Uh, who's the third one again? Vince Tyree. So ho- hotel room with Vince Tyree. Good, I can smother him with a pillow. Okay, well, let's not, <laughs> let's not say that. Well, no, I don't want to do that because he's going to, I mean, the guy's financially ignorant, so he's going to screw us sometimes. I better pick the broom, though. Financially, he's doing really well for himself. I'm sure he is. His clients, on the other hand. He's doing great. Texas, someone quick, please call the ASPCA. Someone is torturing a coyote while playing a Disney movie song. That was great. Scene. Someone, someone texted in yesterday. I don't know if you read this one, but said that, like, we, the, we made her da- his daughter cry to our, during our rendition of uh, "Nice and Slow." I saw that, I was like, which I disagree with. I, I just replied to him, I apologize, and told him you might want to turn us off when we do our Kenny Rogers, the Gambler. They call him T R E V O R K E L S E Y. Okay, so you you and me do share one quality, and, and it's probably scary to say out loud and or to accept in your case, but like we we both when we get songs stuck in our head, we make up lyrics to it, right? I mean, I do it if I don't have songs stuck in my head. I do it constantly. So I had nice and slow stuck in my head like yesterday, last night I drove yeah. up here. I don't know why I just started singing it into like as if it was Kenny Payne's song, like talking about building the program. That's exactly where I started doing. Trevor Kelsey actually worked right there. DJ Wagner, why you gotta reject me? Got me begging like Calipari. Every time I see you, I'm on my knees. The worst part about having this trade is I'm gonna build this closure. I'm this culture. Nice and slow. <laughs> the worst part of having this trade is I'm realizing how quickly it was handed down to my daughter because she does the same thing now all the time. And it's just like, like yes, last night she's like, welcome to Cheese at Ville. And I was like, <laughs> what? I think we should write a parody song of Nice and Slow from by Kenny Payne. About the, building the culture? Building the culture nice and slow. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I, think we, I think the two of us put our minds together. We could rewrite those lyrics. Seven o'clock, 
on the top. We got three wins. <laughs> Gonna turn the ball over soon. Oh, yeah. I, I, I need a guard to put in before Ellis falls down on the floor. We got plans to throw the ball to places this arena's never seen. Girl, you know what I mean. <laughs> We're not going to take it to no tournaments. <laughs> I like it. We can make this happen. I think we could. I think we could steal the beat off YouTube. I think it could be funny. What'd you say? As long as I can steal the beat off YouTube. Okay. <laughs> caught the middle of that sentence. I was like, oh, Batch Manager Pat Kelsey is listening now just to get a feel for the show that is coming on. I hope he's not. He just called him Kelsey. Oh, uh, Pat, Pat Kelly. <laughs> Jesus. We gotta get right before four fifteen. The Kelsies are taking over the world. Put on our professional faces. I'm just glad he's not gonna be coming in at the beginning of the segment. He's gonna be like, "Why the hell is he?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, Texas. Hey, is- Nick, you're fired. What did you <laughs> get me into? <laughs> Texas is telling someone to meet you on the roof at midnight in the freezing cold was a prank from Married with Children. Yes, thank you, Texter. There's a text after my own heart. Thank you. That is exactly where I got it from. Texas, not sure if you'll ask this during your bats interview today, but do you expect? Ellie De La Cruz to play for the bats at all this year. I really want to watch him play. I mean, I, I'm going to ask him about the shortstops because you've got, he's got a dozen of them. They've got 17 really <laughs> highly talented shortstops. I mean, I'm sure he's got no idea. I, if I had to, if I had to venture a guess, I bet Ellie De La, De La Cruz does play for the bats at some point this year. He may not start with the bats, but I bet he's up there at, at, at some point. But my God, I want to. I mean, that'd be a, even if it's not De La Cruz. You're going to have some big-time prospects playing for the bats this year. It's going to be exciting spring and summer. Look, I mean, you're more a baseball guy than I am. Like, if there's a position other than maybe moving, I guess maybe rotating the outfields, go right to left center or whatever, in shortstop, like, one of those positions that does give you the ability to kind of move around. Because, I mean, I mean, usually that's, you've got good arm strength at your shortstop, right? Isn't that kind of the, the key of being a shortstop is having good arm strength? Well, among other things, I mean, I mean, it's the toughest defensive position to play. So, therefore, like, if you're naturally a shortstop, you could probably easier move to second, third, or an outfield than you could, i.e., moving to shortstop. I would say, yeah, like, the versatility is, is big. The big issue... That's what I'm trying to say. So, if you have a bunch, like, six shortstops, you go, well, we'll keep these guys shortstop. He can go to outfield. He can go to, like, second, maybe. Yeah, so, yeah I think that they're going to look at moving some guys to third, Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I know they've got... Because Spencer Steer was so good. And he, I think, came up as a shortstop. They moved him to third. Uh, after getting him in the trade for Tyler Malley. Cam Collier is another guy who's, who could play short, but probably is going to play third. Um, they got a bunch. But, yeah, the issue with a lot of shortstops is when you – like they're defensive specialists sometimes, so they don't have the biggest bats in the world. But when you've got guys that are big-time hitters like De La Cruz who can play short, yeah, I think maybe yeah. you look at potentially moving them around. Isn't that where – didn't Suarez start at like short and they moved he moved to third? They moved him to third. He, yeah, he, came he up was more shortstop. of a power guy, right? For sure. Um, who was the best power, I guess, shortstop? Who was it? Who would beat it? I mean, Gino was dropping bombs. Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, back then. And then he moved to third. Yeah. Text says, uh, Keith Law had De La Cruz as his number four overall prospect the other day. Dude sounds insane. He's a six foot five shortstop. That's becoming a trend. I mean, you've, you've got yeah, Keith Law covers, I think, yeah, you, you, college baseball. Yeah, a I lot. know Keith Law's name, yeah. Um, Anybody follows, has ever read a thing on any prospect in baseball in the last 20 oh, years? Oh, yeah. You've seen Keith Law's name. I but Now you're getting, like, you've got O'Neill Cruz at, at Pittsburgh, who's like a six foot seven shortstop who could throw the ball like 150 yes. miles an hour. I know him just because the memo be the show. I'm like, this he's dude's huge, yeah, because he was on the game two years ago. Because it used to be if you were six seven and you tried to play short, they just wouldn't let you. And now that it's he's doing name. it and he's like the next big thing in baseball, there it's becoming kind of a trend. And I think you're going to see more big, ridiculously talented shortstops come up. Was that? I mean, 
I guess. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt the position, right? No. I mean, you're. I mean, you're, the taller you are, the, the longer stride you have going left to right anyway in that position. Texas says um, oh, there's a there's a Waller Walter football has a prediction of the Lions drafting Malik Cunningham at 81st overall. Uh, saying the Lions may want a quarterback to groom behind Jared Goff. Malik Cunningham is a dual-threat quarterback with plenty of upside. Yeah. Texas, it's not going to happen, but an interesting note is that Deuce Staley left as the running back coach for the Lions to go to Carolina to be closer to his ailing mother. According to the Pride of Detroit podcast, the replacement is an RPO expert, so they're thinking they might be looking for a backup quarterback that can sit for a few years, and then the Lions become an RPO offense. Okay. If they are making that, it's not going to be Malik. Two, two things. One, did I miss Deuce leaving the Lions last week when I was sick? It happened, yeah. Oh. Oh, screw your lines. I know. I'm, I hate it. He's well, and he went to. Carolina. But it was a. It was his mom's sick. And Carolina does make sense. He's worked with Frank Wright at uh, at, at Philadelphia. So and he is and Deuce is from South Carolina. He played from Columbia. Played at South Carolina. The other thing is I'm very familiar with Walter football. He does a great job of in depth, but his accuracy is very bad. I mean, everything that I've seen is like Malik Cunningham would be like a sixth or seventh round pick, but it's more likely that he's not going to be drafted. I haven't seen anybody. Protecting him to be 81st overall, which is where he is. I would be, I mean, I'm almost borderline shocked if he gets drafted. I'd be, I'd, I'd be surprised. The only way I could, I, I mean, it's, the thing is, it maybe tell me, oh, well, they're going to draft him because they think he can maybe move positions. I just don't think he can, he's even good enough athlete to play wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, or running, God forbid, running back. I mean, that's not going to happen. Texas, I hope that Trevor just forgot to mention that he pays for homeowners insurance. Sure. Oh, boy. It's <laughs> a scam. Texas says, just take a week off from Arby's. That should cover your 5K Super Bowl ticket. Nah, you, you wish. Uh, I wish. Um, I have taken a week off Arby's. And you, know. you have the juice again today? Yeah, grape juice. Yeah, okay, rocking the juice. Just like, just like, just like at uh, communion. Texas says, damn, TK cantankerous today. Already threatened to kick Terrell Owens' ass and smother Vince Tyrone. <laughs> somehow I'm leaving Mick Cronin alive. Like, uh, of course, I'm going to ditch him in the bathroom at a, at a, at a Flying J somewhere in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Texas, I was listening to another show this morning, and the Bats manager seemed very excited about this year's prospects. Were we not the only show that Pat Kelly's going on today? How dare you? Why, do you feel, do you feel dirty? Let's, count, let's cancel this. <laughs> we say no. <laughs> Just us and us only. Pick one, Pat. Texas, uh, 24-7 Sports has put UofL football's win total... For this upcoming season, do you want to take a guess where it is? Six and a half. Seven and a half. So it's always, yeah, I mean, it's not being a runner. Uh, I thought it would probably be, I was going to guess seven, right at the number. They always seven do. and a half is high. They always do the halves, don't they? Not always. Okay. I think we were, we've been five, we were five and a half last year. We started, got bumped up to six and a half. We were six and a half two years ago. But one of the years recently, we were like right at seven. I think it was the year that we ended up, or we were right at eight. We ended up winning like three games. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. a COVID <laughs> Less the story, let us get a half in the prediction. Seven and a half. I mean, that's setting the bar pretty high for Jeff. That Brown. is. That's that says that we're not the only ones that are that are high on on on, on Braun being home. I mean, we haven't won eight games in a regular season without the the extra bowl win since Lamar's last year, twenty seventeen. Well, you know, we're due. I I, I have to remember. I have to look over the schedule again. Give me time, but seven and a half. I lean on almost taking that. I think we can do eight. The ske- I mean, I think it all comes down to for me. How good is Plummer? If he's good enough, I think you have everything else in place. The offensive line, you could use a couple more bodies. If Plummer's good enough, the schedule is set up in a way that you should be able to win seven or eight games and then potentially get up there to nine. And if you're really good, you could flirt with 10. 
But Notre Dame is probably the only game, like, like, like national playoff, college football playoff contender that's on your schedule. At least you, as it looks right now. Are you worried more about the production that can come from Plummer in the success of this team or possibly if the defense is going to be up to par? Because, I, I mean, you, while, whether you can be happy with the pieces that are on defense. It's eh, a new system. And the coach it's a new is, system. It's a new coach. The new defense wasn't great. And Brom is, I'm not, you know, sometimes he's an offensive guy. You know, he lets the defense be the defense and yada, yada. So, I mean. It, it there's been some you know despite even having talented players one of which is playing for the Chiefs now in the Super Bowl this this first round pick from them last year and the Greek guy I can't pronounce his name but uh, yeah I mean it's, it's he's it's it's he he gets finds himself in shootouts a lot is what I'm saying I guess I, I to answer your question I lean more towards the quarterbacks the bigger deal just because we know that like Jeff Brom's system works really well if you have a capable quarterback. I or don't sometimes not capable quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if he's good enough, they're going to put points on the board, and I think they have they'll, they'll be able to outscore most everybody. If he's not, then you run the risk of having a lot of three and outs, putting a lot of pressure on your defense, which may be limited as well. May take a step back from last year when it was so good. You need Jack Plummer to be. You need him to have the goods. If he doesn't, you're staring at like five and seven, six and six. I feel like. Do you fall into the rabbit hole of? of, of- you should be worried that that, that that Jeff has said it's an open contest to quarterback. No, because he also I, he's, I think he's done this to Plumber before. First of all, I, I mean, think people read that whole statement wrong. Like the way that he the way that he phrased it to me was basically. I mean, he says we brought Jack in here for a reason. Obviously, yeah, he knows like, the system. Yeah, yeah, to be a starter. Yeah, like, like to me, the implication was like we clearly brought him in because he's a, he's got one year of eligibility left. We have a bunch of young quarterbacks or guys that aren't capable ACC caliber starters. We brought him in here to be our starter. But he's not going to openly say before they've even had their first spring practice, let alone fall camp, that he's won the job. I mean, he's, he's he hasn't practiced a, a day as a Louisville Cardinal. So, of course, like if you're a head coach in January, you're saying every position's open. Unless you have a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback coming back or a Heisman Trophy-winning wide receiver coming back, it's all open. And I, I think that people were like, oh, my God, it's open. Of course he's going to say that. What, what coach wouldn't say that in this situation? I agree. I'd be shocked if it's not Jack Plummer. It'd be kind of exciting if it wasn't, though. If Pierce Clarkson's good enough, if if Jeff Brom sees this spring and then this summer and is like, this dude's just, he's incredible. we got to start him. That would be exciting, too. So, I think either way, you can get yourself excited about next season. Let's take a break. Four o'clock hours on the way next. We will be joined by Louisville Bass Manager Pat Kelly at 4.15. Uh, we'll take some more of your text. we got a couple of other football nuggets to get to. A new addition, speaking of quarterbacks, to the Cardinal roster we can talk about coming up after the break. Keep it locked right here on 1450 and 96.1. It's the Big X. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot hors d'oeuvre. Why, we only live to serve. Try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. They can sing. They can dance. After all, miss, this is France. And a dinner here is never second best. 
Go on, unfold your menu, take a glance, and then you'll be out. Remember, I think it was like a year ago, you and I had the conversation about like every Disney movie, what was like the the main, the defining song. Oh, we did. And so we got back into this. Hmm. Oh, is this your theme? Because this, well, this is not the defining song for Beauty and the Beast. It is to me. Ridiculous. Choice. What is it? Awful choice. It's, uh, it, I thought it worked perfect too with having a guest coming up. Old as time. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was it. So, our one of our babysitters is she just graduated from U of L, but she's like full on like Disney enthusiast expert. And we finally, like, I was like, we need to talk to Madison, we need to pick her brain about this, get her thoughts on this a few weeks ago because Mary and I go back and forth about Little Mermaid. Just like, which I think is how we, it sparked the debate. It did, and, and we, and we like, all, and we all know it's under the sea. I said it's under the sea. You agree with me? Yeah. Most people said part of your world. Most she people said, are wrong. She said part of your world too, and I was, I was very upset about it. I was like, you got to be kidding me! But she agreed on the other ones. Mary did not think that Hakuna Matata is the defining song of the Lion King, and I was like, you're, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> it's an absurd stance to take anything besides. Hakuna Matata. I, here's the thing. I kind of agree with that. I think Hakuna Matata is the most popular song, but the the song like defines it is Circle of Life. That's the very. That's the opening. It's also the closing. So, it's, I mean, it's the, it's the opening song. It's, it's the, also the closing. Then, What's your point? I don't think it's the closing, is it? I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. The, I mean, because the whole opening is Circle of Life. But Hakuna Matata's in the middle. What's what what what? what okay, the defining song. You think I'm Lion sorry. King? You think Hakuna Matata? You think? Aladdin, you think whole new world? I think the whole Lion King soundtrack is a great soundtrack. It's a great, it's a fantastic yeah, soundtrack. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. I'm just saying when you think Lion King, you think Kunamatata first. Well, or we do, could do, think do, Circle do, of Life do, later. Do, do, do. Circle of Life's a great song. <laughs> By the way, the theme is the theme though. It's more in depth than just Disney. Like what was going to be like defining songs. As you as you're fully aware, we'll, we'll play Pittsburgh tonight. Yes. Um, unfortunately, we're you know probably going to. Has set a hundred plus year old historical record tonight. This is very likely. Yes, and therefore I want today's music to remind us of childhood days of better yore. Okay, I like that. I want us to yeah, that's what I was going. Even with. though the nineties not exactly peak for Louisville basketball, but still better than this. Hey, everything. Listen, everything was better, <laughs> better than this. You could play the best songs of twenty twenty two, and they would still remind us of better times. <laughs> and it's. <laughs> Bare Necessities is from the 80s. True. Good point. And I had, I mean, I guess I couldn't go all these because I, I was going to do like Lady in the Tramp. One, we're, we're one song short day because IU, but that's not no here nor there. Blame IU for everything. Plus, I didn't want to just go, I was trying to do one movie, one song per movie. So, like, and I wanted to do Lady in the Tramp, but I didn't know if, you know, the 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 Italian song or the, the Bella Notte song or whatever yeah. would work out as well. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I can't do the, the, the I definitely can't use the uh, song by the cats anymore. Texas, I just can't wait to can't be king is clearly the best Lion King song. What are we doing here? Get out of my face. Get, well, now. Get, get out of my face. Now, we're not, we're not arguing That's a best. good one. I like that song. It's a fine song. We're not arguing best song, though. It's the defining song. Yes. And see, again, the best song is Akuna Matata, but the defining song to me is Circle of Life. I don't even think Akuna Matata is the best song. Really? Are you Circle of Life or Good to be King? I like, I just can't wait to, I also really like Be What's Prepared. What's the one, Scar, Be Prepared? Yeah. The one of the Nazis? I know, that your pals of pretension are as thick as a warthog's back. I wonder if Jeremy Irons actually sings that. It sounds like him if it's not. Yeah. Under, very underrated actor. Love Jeremy Irons. He, he got Lion King and he did like Die Hard and have we seen him since? I'm sure we have. Like he was just really hot in that one little stretch right there. Texas, did you all know your Big X Sports page and the live listen link says uh, 404 page not found? Yes, I... I'm aware that the website's not working right now. I I'm think not. they're 
they're redoing it. So oh, okay, cool. And all I can think of is the. I wonder office if I get access for once. All I can think of is the office episode where you know, Ryan's doing the episode and Jim's like, "I think our website's actually just fine. It's like coming soon in fall 2003 or whatever it is." Well, no, what was it? Didn't it get like caught spam or where or something? Like then Michael's like, "Sure, the, uh, the, the 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 diseases that it let out or something did something wrong, right? Or somebody used it for sex trafficking or something." I don't think yeah, but happened. now it's TBD, people. He's like so proud of the TBD. I don't remember that. I'm pretty sure the site was used for something wrong. Yeah. I remember it went, it went horribly because it was a, a scam or being a scam. Well, that's what happens when you put in charge a young guy with no experience yeah. on a coke habit. That's why I get it. <laughs> Text that I saw Vince Tyree at a red light jamming out to toad the West Rocket the other day. <laughs> Walk on the ocean toad. I, I respect that. <laughs> that doesn't shock me at We all. spotted the ocean. <laughs> Vince is a front wiper. Stop. <laughs> I love toad. Texas, I just I'm sure think, he's a nice guy. No, this is nothing personal, Vince. I just it sounds personal. No, you're just bad at your job. It's not even his job anymore. <laughs> well, <laughs> Texas, I think just as important to the win total as the performance of the O line. From what I've heard, Plummer doesn't do well under stress. If they can give him time, I think our receivers will run wild. Well, he's under stress constantly last year at Cal. He's, uh, yeah. He was hit more than just about any power conference quarterback uh, last season, so it, it can't be worse. He's a big guy, so he is. But yeah, he did it. I think he just got used to being under duress. Like you could tell watching a little bit of the cow highlights that are on there. Like right when he drops back, he's waiting to get hit. He's looking out of his, he's kind of checking the blind side a little bit. Feet are tapping, doing a little toe dance. Well, like it's, it's team's probably down 20 and they're teeing off on yeah, him. I that's, mean, that's, that's got to stop. Texas. We're also setting the record for most records set this year. That's a good question. Have we set more records this year? By the way, if you don't know what record we're talking about, Louisville's never lost more than twenty games in a season. In a hundred, but one hundred nine, one hundred nine years. We are now three and twenty. So unless we run the table here and win a national title, we are going to have more losses this season than in any other years past. And I put the stat out there, like I, you know, we made the the great run against Florida State to make it competitive at the end of the game. I wrote up the, the the quick ride up, you know, I made a couple comments, and then I just I put the stat out there because it's a stat worth knowing. You know, for the second time in the history of Louisville basketball, we've we've lost 20 games. And, you know, most people were like, oh, this is a bad stat. I just, just moved on. Some people still do that. You couldn't wait to post this. I'm like, it's a, it's a fact. It's a stat. It's a, it's not <laughs> like this doesn't – my favorite new tweets are the ones saying, you're not helping, you're hurting us in recruiting. As if <laughs> as if Trenton Flowers – isn't aware that having a three and twenty record is bad until I put it in, until he sees a blogger on Twitter put it in some sort of historical context. Like I, I thought three twenty was was kind of normal for Louisville. I was, and then I saw that it was the record for the most losses of all time. And now I don't think I can go play there. Well, we've been convincing these kids that like we've been keeping their head in the sand like the ostrich syndrome. You know, we they, they thought we were twenty and three. Just keep it quiet. And then, yeah, like, then, then he saw you trending, and he's like, "What's this? Oh my god, they are." It is? No way I can play there. Well, we have, we, have a, we can have a Trenton Flowers update a little bit later in the show. It, it seems like Louisville is going all in on him. It seems like he's the, the guy in the 2024 class they've really circled and said, we are making a priority. It sounded like his visit went well over the weekend, and then Nolan Smith was in Charlotte the next day to watch him play. So they are they're cr- clearly prioritizing him. The bad news is a, a lot of other schools are as well, uh, and a lot of schools that, that are recruiting. Expected, though, I mean. Yeah, a lot of schools that are recruiting very well. Uh, the good news is, if you're looking for good news, UNC, which was seen as like this lock to land him, doesn't really seem like that much of a lock. And I think it's because 
you know, they're recruiting so well with everybody else. They already have a lot of guys filling up some some spots there. So. This time can change. I mean, they, thought, they thought they were getting Gigi Smith too, didn't they? Well, they did, and then he was like, I want to reclassify, but I don't want to play for a team yeah. that's returning like seven dudes from a, a national runner-up, so I'm going to go play at South Carolina, score a million points on a terrible team, and then go pro, which is exactly what's happening. The, the, the point of the story is everything, just let, let it play out. So, DJ Wagner, conspiracist, keep your dream alive. You're saying trust KP. Trust. <laughs> that's they what I hear. K-E-N-Y-P-A-Y-N-E. Tell me what you're going to do for me. Texas Mike, what's the better song? This is Indiana or Boiler Up? This is Indiana's a classic. You can't beat it. I ain't no Boiler Up, I don't think. I mean, it's just, it, you can Google it. It's, yeah, it's, I'd rather not. Yeah, you, you don't need to. <laughs> if you're that curious, you can't. You don't need to. Oh, this is Indiana. I still, I mean, I, I respect Scooter Dingus so much today. Because oh, yeah, because he's, he, he yeah. dated the, oh, that was okay. the girl who has the big game and she throws the chair. She's wearing very short shorts. Yeah, she's she's extremely hot. attractive. Yeah, very hot. Yeah. And apparently, Scoot dated her. That, I mean, we, we still don't know sure, sure if the girls wear this, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it gets in my head all the time. Like, after they beat Purdue, which I predicted, and I think uh, Patrick did on two, as well on Friday, I saw it all over the place. I'm like, I'm glad it's back. The only problem is, like, half of the second verse is about Tom Crean bringing them back to the top. So it's, it's, it's a little dated. But the whole, like, we're, you know, we're still chasing that that banner. My favorite's still the, the one that... Uh... The Georgia did about playing LSU in the Sugar Bowl years back. I don't think I remember that. LSU who? LSU who? Wait, Georgia played LSU in the Sugar Bowl? Yeah. And Two L- teams from the same conference? Oh, yeah. Well, not Sugar Bowl. I'm because they played down in New Orleans. It was in the SC title. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, they did this. Yeah, it was, I think it was, of course, LSU ended up beating them by like 30 or something. But it was the Jamarcus, I think Jamarcus Russell year. Oh, uh, they did play the Sugar Bowl. They killed Notre Dame. Yeah, and they had, uh, there was when the math out, uh, the Honey Badgers on the team. Yeah, yeah. But it's that it's like it's like, like the, the, the Georgia students did this song, uh, looking like Lazy Tuesday a little bit, but actually like more well done. Okay, look look at it. It's called LSU Who. It's actually a pretty funny song. I like it. There's some old songs that I'm gonna get Pat a call. Get Pat get a Pat on the phone. The other one that I really really like, and it was a remake. I don't know if you remember the anybody listening the the original This Is Why You Suck that a Maryland radio DJ did about Duke, which gained a lot of traction in the early sports internet days. But then they did a a Duke fan who went to UK did one about UK, and it was it was great. Now it was, this was when Tubby Smith was not exactly having the program rocking and rolling, but it was a it was a classic song. It still gets stuck in my head from from time to time. Uh, we're gonna have Pat Kelly, the Louisville Bats manager, on here in a second. The Louisville Bats had their introductory press conference, their leadoff press conference for the 2022 season earlier today, as is typically the case with Bats and really every minor league team. A bunch of cool. Uh, alternate uniforms coming this year, a bunch of cool theme games, a bunch of uh, you know cool gimmicky giveaways for fans who are attending games at Slugger Field this season. It should be a fun year. And as mentioned earlier on the show, uh, it's going to be especially fun because you've got a loaded Reds farm system as the Reds continue to, to rebuild and reload for the future. They stocked up with a bunch of prospects via trades and with draft picks in recent years. A lot of those players should be playing for the bats, whether they start the season in AAA or move up throughout the course of the year. You're going to see a lot of future Major League talent at Slugger Field, which hasn't always been the case in recent years. So uh, I'm excited for this upcoming season. And even if you're not a Reds fan, just seeing that next-level talent that's going to be playing in our home city should be a whole lot of fun. We're joined now by the Louisville Bats manager, Pat Kelly, entering his third season at the helm. Uh, Pat, thanks so much for spending some time with us, and a happy almost baseball season. Yeah, this is exciting. We're spring is finally here, and we're ready to go. We we start spring training next week, uh, so it, 
it looks like it's ready to go. Now you've been you've been doing this for a long time, both as a player and and now as a coach. When it gets to this time of the year, you've had the your off season. You've 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 got the family time. You've done your vacations, whatever you want to do, and it's starting to get a little bit warmer. It's about time to head down and get spring training going. Does it ever get less exciting, or is it the same type of feeling for you each and every year? No, I I think it's the same. You know, it's a it's a great time of the year. Um, you get to Arizona and everybody's ready to go. It's very exciting, and uh, you know you've been away from everybody for the last five months and so it's nice to to see guys again and um and get get started now what as the the AAA manager this is your third season at the helm when you do go out to arizona what's your role during spring training what's what's on tap for you in these weeks ahead i spend probably five of the first uh, well spring training is about six weeks long so the first five weeks i spend with the major league team uh mainly because most of our players are there uh, either as non-roster players or roster players. So just uh, just uh, help the major league staff um, through all their work, the practices and the games. And then uh, about the last week of the season, we we uh, go down to minor league camp and we, we start to uh, put our team together, although it seems like we never end up with everybody until we get here in Louisville. Now, we were talking before you came on, the Reds farm system is loaded up with future stars, or at least so it seems right now. Uh, a lot of people talking about Ellie De La Cruz. A lot of people talking about Edwin Arroyo, Cam Collier. Uh, a lot of shortstops, a lot of infielders. Uh, I'm assuming that it's a safe bet. We we don't know exactly who's going to be starting with the bats or who's going to come up throughout the course of the season. But it's a safe bet that we're going to have an influx of exciting talent on this roster this year. For you as a manager, that has to be extremely exciting as we get ready for this season. Exactly. I mean, I, I think we're going to see through the next few years um, – just a constant flow of, of, of young athletes, middle middle infielders. And, uh, you know, if you can play shortstop, you can play anywhere on the diamond. And I remember being in spring training with the Braves years ago and Bobby Cox talking about uh, seven of the nine players in the in the Braves lineup were former shortstops. So, uh, you know, that's that's normally your best athletes. That's, that's where they come from. They have, they have the athletic ability to play in the middle of the diamond and, um, you know, depending on everything, they, they move around and, and you end up having a nucleus of, of some really good players. And I think that's where the Reds are headed right now. Uh, we're in a kind of a rebuilding mood, and it's, it, it's going to be uh, with young players. We did have about a million questions on the text line saying, wanting me to ask you specifically about Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, I mean, I, I know you can't <laughs> predict about where he's going to end up, but, man, j- just seeing his highlights, seeing what he's capable of, uh, he is an exciting, exciting young talent, is he not? He really is. I mean, you just don't see guys with that size. I mean, he's six foot five, plays in the middle of the diamond, uh, can run like a deer. He stole 50 bases last year. Um, between uh, the two cities, he hit the 30 home runs, switch hitter with power. Um, you just don't see guys like that uh, running around very often. So he, he's very special. And then he's just got that it. I mean, it seems like he's always got a smile on his face. He enjoys playing, um, and and I just I just think that uh, his future is so bright. I talk with Louisville Bats manager Pat Kelly here on the Mike Rutherford Show on fourteen fifty The Big X. Uh, Pat Kelly getting ready for his third season at the helm 
of the Louisville Bats. You, you've been now, you're a Louisvillian. You, you're, we've made you one of our own. You're, you're certainly familiar with the city. Uh, we have to do the, if you're a radio host in any city, you have to shamelessly do the thing where it's like, tell us how much you love our city now that you've been here for a long period of time. <laughs> so, Pat, tell us how much you love Louisville. Well, it, it was always one of my favorite cities to visit as a, as a visiting manager. And then to be the home manager, to, you know, to come to this stadium every every day is just, uh, you know, it's just so much fun. It's a great stadium. It's a tremendous facility, uh, well run. Uh, the front officer is so great. And uh, I just enjoy coming to the ballpark every day. The other question that, I mean, we're contractually obligated to ask uh, going into this season is about the robo-umpires. I mean, you're going to have uh, an automatic balls and strike zone for half the games this year. You're going to have the challenge system now for the other games. Uh, your, your thoughts about the way that we're using artificial intelligence in, in baseball, the direction that we're headed there. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Are there some things you'd like to see tweaked? Or are you just kind of waiting to see how this whole thing plays out? I'm really waiting to see because I've never experienced it. Uh, I've only seen videos of it. Uh, I know last year they, they had it in Charlotte, but we never went to Charlotte last year. Uh, they had it in some Coast League teams. Uh, so I, I've never seen it. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, I think it, you know, it, it's amazing the job that um, the human umpires do, uh, considering how hard guys throw nowadays and the type of breaking stuff that they throw, uh, how accurate they actually are. What, when you see the, the scores at the end of the night and, and how, many, how many balls and strikes that they got right, uh, it, it's pretty incredible. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if, if this – technology is that much better um and and it gives me nobody to yell at so it's it, you know it, it, it's gonna affect my job for sure <laughs> how do you I mean can you get tossed with, with a robo umpire how, how does that work can you figure oh, out a way to make that happen oh i'm sure it's gonna happen uh, you know i mean it's a human that, that's back there even though he's he's following somebody else's call and you know somebody's gonna say something at, at some time that's gonna offend him so uh, I, I'm sure somebody's going to get ejected for it. Just bring out an iPad and like break it over your knee. And be like, look what I just did to your brother. That's that's the way it's going to work. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Toss my computer out there. So. <laughs> Other rule changes. I mean, well, one rule change that you guys have been dealing with now that's going to the major leagues: the, the pitch clock. I know you've been, you guys have been working out with this for a while now. Do you like the change? Do you think it's going to work well at the major league level? What are your thoughts there? I mean, I like the fact that we play two and a half hour ball games. I mean, it, it, it's it's quite a difference. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, we were almost a half an hour short of what we were before the pitch clock. So, it, it there there is an adjustment period. I think uh, it's going to be very interesting in April. I think uh, it it's going to be tough for some guys to adjust to. I have found that it's tougher on the hitters than the pitchers. I think the pitchers get pretty adjusted. There are some times when they get a little flustered and, and uh, you know, it seems like the clock got on them pretty quick. But uh, for the hitter to be ready at seven seconds uh, when you're coming off a 15-second clock is really what they're not used to. You know, they're used to being able to step out of the box, cleanse themselves, adjust their batting gloves and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's going to be a big adjustment for the hitters. Uh, but once they figure it out, uh, I think everybody enjoys it because the game flows, uh, and and we definitely shorten the game by at least a half an hour. And two and a half hour ball games are great. Speaking of uh, adjustments for hitters, maybe advantageous uh, adjustments for hitters. 
Uh, I'm a uh, I'm not an old guy, but I'm an old school guy in this respect. I think banning the shift is is, is ridiculous. I'm, I'm on record for saying I hate it. I think it's not baseball. It's, it's dumb, but it's happening. How does it change the way that you guys strategize things? And do you think this is something that's that's going to wind up being better for baseball in the long term? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I was one that didn't necessarily like the shift when it first came in. Um, but then from a defensive standpoint, the, the amount of, of hits that you stopped, um, you know, it, it really made made sense. I think left-handed hitters are going to really enjoy it because there's so many balls that they pull in that hole that, you know, just through experience, you're used to those being base hits, and then that ball rolls into short right field, and the second baseman comes up and throws the guy out. So uh, I think left-handers will definitely enjoy it. Uh, you know, they, they'll probably get some more hits out of it. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting for the right-handers because I don't know that it makes that much difference because we kind of play right-handed. We don't go quite as far over. We play more uh, towards the middle, and they can still do that. Uh, I think where it's really going to come into play is, is the athletic ability of, of the infielders. I mean, we've, we've gotten to the point that you know we can play some pretty non-athletic guys in the infield because they can hit because we can position them right. Well, now all of a sudden you're going to have to have some range, and so I think we're going to go back to having better athletes in the middle of the diamond and and better infielders. So I, I think for the athletic infielders, it, it it's really going to help them a lot. As is always the case with the Louisville Bats and and most minor league teams, we got a bunch of alternate uniforms coming this year. We've got uh, Masters Day is coming back. I saw you rocking the powder blue uniform today. It's, it's, it's a it's a very good-looking uh, uni there, Coach. It really is, yeah. it's uh, It, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit. I mean, I, I first came to the major leagues with Toronto, and uh, we had the powder blue uniforms, obviously. And, and, and those days, everybody did, it seemed like, on the road. Uh, so I, I, I love it. I think it's a, a great look. And I think the players are going to really enjoy wearing wearing it. What's the best out of all your years in the minor leagues? I know minor league baseball is known for wild gimmicks and, and you know crazy uniforms and crazy stunts. What's the wildest thing you've ever been a part of from an organized standpoint in minor league baseball? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I was talking the other day about I remember playing in El Paso in the. I think 1977, and I remember having on the road we wore red red tops with red pants, and at home we wore it's supposed to be gold, but it ended up being yellow tops with yellow pants. So uh, very softballish, but uh, you know it was a colorful time, and everybody enjoyed it. And you know El Paso was great at uh, you know all the gimmicks that, that they did there, and uh, we had, we had a lot of fun with it. Well, Pat, we're certainly uh, very excited that baseball is coming back, especially after this basketball season here locally. We're excited to get back out to the ballpark. We're excited <laughs> for the better weather. Best of luck to you in spring training, and best of luck to you again in this 2023 season. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Pat Kelly, manager of the Louisville Bats there, joining us here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Look at that. Phone line's working perfectly. No problem whatsoever. Pro. You got you to lock down. No, no big deal. Uh, always enjoy hearing from Bat, from Pat, and I'm excited that Bats baseball is right around the corner, and I will not go anywhere near the intro video this year. It's not going to happen. They're not bringing me back, I don't think. I'm, I, I just can't wait to see my first, like, 
computerized umpire getting yelled at by an um, by, by a manager. I like the idea like, of like bringing out some sort of like like a cell phone and just snapping and be. I was gonna. Is I, this your brother? I was gonna say unplug it. Like now, what are you gonna say about it, huh? Last laugh. <laughs> Yank the cord out. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll go to break. When we come back, we'll dive back into the Louisville sports conversation. More hoops talk and a couple of football notes to get to, as promised. That's all that coming your way after the break here on 1450 and 96.1. Keep it locked right here on the Big X. Come on and lift your glass. You've won your own free pass to be our guest. If you're stressed, it's fine dining, we suggest. Be our guest, be our guest, be our guest. Ready for Louisville Pitt tonight, seven o'clock tip off at the Peterson Event Center in Pittsburgh. ACC Network has the TV coverage. Reminder: uh, 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 Are you ready? You done? It's Sir Elton John, my man. Reminder: You can hear all the action of Cardinal basketball in your new home for U Athletics. Nine seventy WGTK pregame coverage will start at five thirty over there, which is also when we will have pregame coverage here. For Indiana basketball. Who do the Hoosiers play tonight? Somebody unlucky. Somebody good. Rutgers at home. The Rutgers beat them at the, at the sack, I think. Rutgers uh, did beat them back in December, early yeah, December by the, 50. Yeah, it, it was at, their first loss. At Rutgers, yeah, I remember that game. Scarlet Knights, tough to beat at, at home. They always used to have been, yeah. Not tough to beat on the road. Typically. Indiana just has to get just get the consistency down. Here's the thing. They're going to win this game. Get the ball to Trace Jackson Davis. He's awesome. And they won 6-7. Only lost to Maryland in that, over that span. I, I said it before. I'll say it again. I feel good about this Hoosiers team. I'm, I'm in on the Hoosiers. I like them. I'm in on any team that I know has a guy that can go John Wallace in six games. He's so, And I know that Zach Eady right now is like 1-15 to 15 to win National Player of the Year. If anybody can take it away from him, it might be TJD. If Indiana can get like top 10 good and he can keep putting up these ridiculous stat lines – he would have a shot. He's on pace to be a first-team All-American. Yeah. No he, question about I, it. I, I, yeah. I think Jalen Wilson is probably the only other guy in that discussion who can maybe make a run. But it's, I mean, it's he's going to win the award. Which is crazy that we're going to give a consensus National Player of the Year award to a guy who can't dribble. <laughs> Never dribbles. Doesn't dribble. Doesn't need to. Actually, I, I think on an offseason, I, I said something about Trey Shakes days. It kind of reminded me of Jared Jeffries a little bit in that IU run in 2001. He's got to have the guard play to step up around him, though. But yeah, that's the game. That's you, the game. Got, you got the big 6'10 slender guy. Now he's, I don't know. I don't know. You can argue which one was better at the time, Jeffries or, or Davis now. But, you know, you've got, you got, the point is you've got that John Wallace, Danny Manning type of player that you can, they can, you can ride and you just need good support around him. Guys, just, the guards just need not turn the ball over and hit open shots. And I, you can make a serious run in this tournament. I agree with you. And, you know, it's all about matchups, Trev. You got to get the right matchups. Just don't play the zone. People say that. Got to make shots. Got to get good matchups. Uh, a new study revealed the least physically active states in the United States, 1 to 50 in terms of activity, 
Where do you think Kentucky ranks? The filing activity, like exercise? Yes, like one is the most active state, 50 is the least active state. Where do you think we, we fall? <sighs> we're, we're, I don't think we're in the top 10 of either, either or. I'd say we're, in, I'd probably say we're about the middle. I'd say maybe 34. We are 47th. There are only three wow. less active states in America oh, than me, Kentucky. I'm assuming Mississippi's one, maybe? Mississippi is correct. They are the second least active state. They rank yeah. 49th. Alabama maybe up there? Alabama is correct. The least active state in America <laughs> is hey, Alabama. What can I say? It's lazy. We can smell our own, right? Can you go three for three? <laughs> Who's the only other state less active than Kentuckians are? Uh, you get Alabama, Mississippi, yeah. and... I want to say I don't think it's another southern state. I don't. Um, I'm gonna say Arkansas. Arkansas is correct. Oh wow, wow! I am the smartest man alive. Well, you also said I don't want to say any another southern well, state. Well, I was thinking Arkansas. I was leaning more. I was when I say I was thinking deep delta like Florida and Georgia is what I was yeah. thinking when I said that. In Arkansas is uh, comes in at 48th. Kentucky actually did tie for 47th. Do you, I mean, if you get this, then I'm going to just. Who we tied with? Yeah, who we tied with. I'm not going to say Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee was the sixth least active state. Okay. Um, so we tied with, I'll say we tied with, I don't know why I want to say this, but like like Iowa maybe? No. No? West Virginia. Oh, see, I feel like there. this is like a Southern, this is like a redneck kind of hillbilly stereotype of this, this thing. Oklahoma is seventh. Louisiana was the, the, the fifth worst. Then Oklahoma. Ninth was Maine, though. <laughs> Delaware and Illinois tied for the eighth least active states. Tenth was Ohio and Indiana. Really? Indiana. Most I mean, active state, do you care to venture, I guess? Most that California? No. New York? No. Uh, Texas? No. I mean, I'm thinking of states where the people are active. I mean, California, I thought it'd be number one, honestly. Think mountains and hiking. California would, would fall yeah, in that category. Yeah, falls in that category. But again. Yeah. Uh, Montana? Colorado. Oh. The most active state in the United States. In Kentucky, a number... I, I call BS on that. I, I, just, I don't know. The state that's had marijuana legal the most, as you're telling me, that has the most energy? People love getting high and going hiking. Yeah, they don't uh, 30.5% of Kentuckians say that they have not taken part in any sort of physical activity outside of work. That's a lot. It's heavy. It's not great. We've got like caves and stuff to, to people. We've got like like <laughs> we've got caves. We got we got guys in caves. You ever been to Mammoth Cave? Oh yeah, many times. Like, wow, well, excuse me, many times. Well, I, we used to go there. All, <laughs> we didn't take big vacations when I was a I, kid. Hey, I, I, I didn't know. You, I didn't know you were part of like the. Uh, we went all the time. I've, I've been once. My family did not go. We like we didn't do big trips to like Disney World. We went one time. We didn't do like big yearly vacations to Florida. We went to Mammoth Cave a lot. That's that was. I mean. I think if you haven't learned from my childhood, you know, I, I, my mom was the same way. And, like, you you know, she goes to Hawaii on Christmas. I get to go to Mammoth Cave for the weekend. So, you know, my, we most kids go to Disney World. Months. We went to, like, you know, Opryland. That's, that's, that's we just kept going to Mammoth Cave. <laughs> we liked it, so we just we just kept going back. I remember liking it. I do remember also, when I think we went, I want to say I was maybe 12, 11. I was in that 10 to 12 area. I always liked it. That's why we kept going. But the problem is, is that, like at that age, I can't. I would never be able to go to Mammoth Cave. There's no way I could. I, it's it's definitely. I feel like I'd be more scared as an adult. 
I mean, I remember being very tight for a 10 to 12 year old Trevor. See, and I was thinking more like they had like the bottomless pit, like with the little rope bridges and stuff. Like you. Oh down. no, I don't want like, to. It, it was like I mean, I was fine as a kid. I think I'd be more timid about it now. Yeah, I couldn't do it now. I'm not completely claustrophobic, but I mean, just like I said, it, it was a tight fit for then. Now I don't even think I don't even think I could. I, I mean, not even kidding. I don't think I could fit through some of those stairwells they have down there. I don't think I honestly don't think Mary could do it like mentally because like we did the. The it's a t- it's you because it's a tight when you go down those when you so first go tight, down yeah sure, but I think just like the mental thing like we did the mega caverns like the lights under Louisville thing and she kind of got a little bit claustrophobic just being just driving through there I and turned so around in front of that one day down out the, and it, it kind of freaked me out it's, yeah it's, I mean it's 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 under there I'm not but the cave person I was a big fan of the, they had this thing called the tilt house outside of Mammoth Cave I, I, remember, I know the tilt house yeah it was I crazy that. Like, like a whole house like on its side mm-hmm. so you yeah. walked in there you got disoriented it was it was like being high as like a six year old it was great. It was wonderful. I mean, I probably still, uh, 10 years old, I might have been still residued for mom. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was, I mean, but I, 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 do, I remember, actually, I remember the Tilt House. That's crazy. Did I, you know that Yo-Yo Ma is performing with the Louisville Orchestra inside Mammoth Cave this uh, this, this spring? Who's mom? Yo-Yo Ma. I don't know who Yo-Yo Ma is. He's a famous cellist. Not that famous. Pretty famous. Not so. In not. terms of, like, the hierarchy of fame cellists, there's, like, Yo-Yo Ma and then, like, other people, unfortunately, like, that's it. That's the whole hierarchy. In the hierarchy of people that are famous, celloists are not near the top of that it's, list either. It's Yo-Yo Ma. I think. <laughs> I think if you ask most people to name a like cellist, they're gonna say Yo-Yo Ma, and then nobody else. That's it. <laughs> Is it one that's, of those? That's all they got. Okay. But he signs like he tours all over the world, and he signed a, a deal. He's performing like five or six times with the Louisville Orchestra this spring, and one time they're doing it in Mammoth Cave. Which I'm like, I heard that, and I was like, sure. Sounds sounds cool. Like I guess I don't know. I watched a uh, a thing on uh, Vice Network, and wrestling fans don't only know Vice because it's only popular. It's most popular shows are like Dark Side of the Ring, yeah. And they did, uh, which I don't know if you're aware of or not. You may have heard. Oh of, yeah, so they're really good. They they tried to do something different, but they tried to branch out on that and never successful. But they also tried something this this last off season, where it called Tales from the Territories, where uh, they just talked to like uh, Lawler and some Memphis people. The Memphis one was really fun because it involved a lot of Louisville stories. And one of which was they told I'd never knew this, and there might be video of it. I'm sure there is, where Memphis did a collaboration with the Louisville Orchestra and had a wrestling match choreographed to the orchestra band playing as they did their match and matched like the the mood and and so forth like That's that. Cool. And uh, like in the, the ring was in the middle of the stage, and the band was all built around it. And it was supposed to was like on PBS or KET or something, I think, at the time, which would have been in the circa maybe early mid eighties. Very cool. Yeah, I, like that. I, I thought. It'd be, I mean, I thought it'd be sound pretty cool to see. I, I need to look it up now. Think about it. Yeah, now. check it out. Uh, big so, thanks to Pat Kelly, Bass Manager, for joining the show. I thought it was interesting hearing him. I, I do think he kind of held back. Like Pat's kind of an old school guy. I wanted to hear him. I wanted to hear him just like blast the computers and blast the shift. <laughs> and he, he wasn't willing to do it, but. It, it is a time of change in, in professional baseball, whether it's the major league or the minor league level. You've got pitch clocks coming to the, the MLB now. You've got the shift being banned. You've got uh, robo umpires. It's a it's a crazy time. Like, if you were going to like, – you could get – you just named, like, three things, I guess. Pitch count, shift, and robo. Yeah. Robo managers. You can you can drop – Not one, managers, umpires. Rob, um, managers umpires. would be hilarious. That would be, be just as good, actually. I can't believe that. <laughs> GTI Chaz benching Ortiz. What was the one that won Jeopardy? All those, all those one of those games against Jeopardy against Ken. Oh yeah, the uh, <laughs> that guy out there. Whatever blue, yeah, yeah blue or something. Like if, okay, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna allow you to get. I guess this is 
stupid question because you already said the shift. I was going to say, I'm going to give you the ability to get rid of one of these changes. Which one? Oh, I hate it? the shift. It'd be the I shift. It. Okay. I hate it. I, I, now, as I started to word it, okay, I'll let you get rid of two. Who are you getting rid of? I'm fine with the pitch clock. It, I had, I, I did a lot of bats games last year after Douglas passing. I did some junior mm-hmm. on. So, I mean, almost half the season. One, agree with Pat wholeheartedly. The two and a half hour games are beautiful to have. And two, uh, he, he really didn't see it be a problem. Like, I, I maybe I, you could say maybe I zone out sometimes during some of the play by play, but I can't think of maybe more than a handful or maybe half, maybe a dozen times where someone was actually penalized with the pitch count. Yeah, I feel like I always see it on, and it's every now and then I see it hit zero, and there's never ever any sort of like penalty. Plus, it, because last year with the difference in, which I thought this was weird too, how they did these rules in minor league and not in the majors. And you had guys going back and forth. Like, if you were on, like, a rehab stint, you didn't have a pitch clock. Oh, interesting. They had, like, they had the weird rules. Like, if you were if you were on some, if you'd been in the majors within a certain amount of time, whatever, I'm sure Nick or Pat could have answered this well, a lot easier. Minor league baseball is all catered towards MLB. Like, it, it's yeah, the so, way it is. so they were, you know, they're obviously, you know, it was, it was a testing in, in, my, in the minors doing this last year, and it worked well enough that they're bringing it up. But because major league people didn't have to deal with it, to some, they had to learn to deal with it when they get down to the minors for whatever reason. Yeah, they there. So there were some instances of no pitch count. I tried to listen to a lot of the interview. I had a, Troy came in here and talked to me during the interview, though. Oh, yeah, what's up with that? So he walks in here. And I was like, I thought he was just going to be like, who's on the who's on with him? And I was like, I almost went, okay, it's Pat Kelly. That's how that's how we roll, man. Fast manager, buddy. You know, that's that's just what this is what I do as a producer. You know, of the A show, we just guaranteed the best to have a, a good season. We did. When you come on our show, typically you you knock it out of the park. Now you may have to pursue us, <laughs> but if you want a good season. Badly enough, you're going to make that happen. Plus, his only season playing in the majors was with Toronto. So Troy comes in and he's like, "I think someone hit your car." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Like, huh?" He's so <laughs> he goes the he says the, uh, the Jimmy does our traffic next door. Bill, I, I thought he said I thought he says Jim. That's Bill. Oh well, then ain't that dude? Uh, <laughs> it seems Bill. Yeah. Are you sure? I'm 100 percent sure. Well, that's explains some awkward looks. <laughs> You've been calling him Jim. For... His name's Bill. For the record, I thought it was Troy for the first three months over there without seeing him. You still don't know Debbie. <laughs> I know her now. You, know her, cause you still tell her good morning every time you walk in. There. I do that just to see her face now. But so he comes, he's, she, uh, someone backed into your car, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, what? You know, is it okay? You know, and he's like, well, the bumper's kind of. Kind of hanging up. I'm like, oh, that was already that's, like that's that. The way, that's the way it looks. That was already crap. So he said she was kind of freaking out. I said, tell her not to worry about it. You know, just, just, I was like, wait a minute. It, should she? I'm like, I'm sorry. To, like, my ears burned. I saw her in her earlier and she looked distraught. I was wondering, I didn't know what was going on. Apparently, yeah, Poor she, thing. she burnt back to my car and was worried. I, I guess she stole my, I must say she stole my spare. I guess it fell off and she <laughs> walked off with it. I don't know. It's gone now. But yeah, uh, there is no exterior damage shorter than what was already there. Into my car, which uh, had a the bumper, yeah, the bumper was already cracked on like the passenger side. All I can think of is, um, is Juno, <laughs> like your little girlfriend over there is giving me the stink face. Like that's just the way she looks. It's like you wrecked my car. No, that's that's the way that it looked already. It's fine. I wanted to be like kind of like uh, Beverly Hills when Axel pulls up to the country club and he's like, he pulls up the valet. He goes, "Hey, be careful with it." Last time I left there, all this crap happened. <laughs> or Tommy boy, what'd you do? Oh, Richard, yeah. I don't think there's maybe a couple months of, of the year I don't do the what? What did you do? What did you do? 
Uh, yeah, that was, I was wondering what was going on over there. I was kind of distracted. I was trying to focus on Pat. Yeah. I'm like, why is people, people never talk to Trevor during the show? Like, what's yeah. going on? Unless, like, we're in some sort of trouble. Uh, that, that's the person I'm like, are we on the air, right? I mean, making sure. And- <laughs> <laughs> but then I walked in the last break. I went out there and I was like, yeah, it's spot. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Good. I, I'm like, if you uh, had enough issues, right honestly, now. the first thing when she, he said she reversed, I was like, is her car okay? Cause I don't want to, don't, I don't want to get in. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is call safe auto and like, get them involved with this. I, I'd rather not. Exactly. And, and I'll take some scratch and I look toys. Like, do I look like somebody worried about vanity? I mean, <laughs> judging from experience too, like any sort of body shop right now, it's like five months to get into. Yeah. Like outrageous. if you were to reverse somebody and like you had a couple scratches or bumper, would you even worry about it? Would you just tell them, don't worry, just move on? No. There, there was one time when, because I've, I've never driven a nice car. Um, say, this is the nicest car I have and it just got pumped into it. Yeah, this, a broken this Highlander, which, because it's like our family car, would be like the first time where I would have to, I have to like take care of it. Are you in the white, uh, the, the white? Yeah. They should be okay. Now, like when I was driving like a Chevy Cavalier back, there was one time where I got hit on Hurstbourne. Like somebody just, some kid, like rear-ended me at a light. So like wasn't paying attention. I didn't even get out of the car. Like I literally like wave <laughs> out of my door. I'm like I'm like waving them off. Like don't worry about it. I'm just gonna drive off. I, I could not. Like, I'm sorry if it's like a small dent. What do you, this car's a piece. Like I, I'm gonna get rid of it in a few years anyway. Uh, I don't I don't care. I'd rather just not deal with the headache. I had someone reverse to me. I was waiting at the McDonald's at the. Uh, I went in this car. I was in the one I had before this, and uh, it was oh, it was the Prius. And I was sitting like you know when they ask you to pull up at yes. McDonald's, and like the woman reversed and she like, reversed. I guess too far, and she ran to like my bumper. Uh-huh. And it was kind of drizzling. And she gets out of the car, and she's like, "Are you okay?" And I just kind of rolled down the window. I'm like, "Is there any damage to my car?" And she's like, "Not really." I'm like, "We're good." Yeah, that's she's true. like, "She's like, do you want to check?" I'm like, "It's raining. I really don't care that much." I'm like, "My sister-in-law." Now, once before did- she was my sister-in-law, who's been in. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this, Laura. She's been in like 25 wrecks. She's she's not she's she's not a doesn't pay attention when she's driving enough. I'm, I'm she hit my good. car backing up while I was in the car with her. <laughs> she was driving somewhere. I was in the car with her. She hit my parked car, and I was like, "Well, it's the first time that's happened." She's like, "I'm so sorry." I'm like, "It's fine. It's fine." It's, fine. I'm not gonna... it's when I was dating Mary. I was like, "Okay, well." Yeah, you really can't even pick your wars. <laughs> I think I was still driving that same Cavalier. I'm like, "It's fine. It's been through enough." I've... People hit it all the time, and I just wave them off. I mean, Don't I, worry I once bought a, a minivan from a guy who lost a battle against a telephone pole for 150 bucks. <laughs> the, the the driver's side door didn't open. You had to go through the side to climb in. Been there before. There was no window, and like the you know the little triangle windows you have. On oh the yeah. Front. It didn't have that. It was covered by a t-shirt. It wasn't <laughs> even my t-shirt. It had, it had no heat, no air, a tape deck. But then my one tape got stuck in it, which thankfully it was a Sublime tape, so that was cool. Yeah. That car broke down at Green Tree Mall. I called our, our listener say to come pick me up. I'd never seen that van since. Yeah, well, I, I couldn't get the tape out though. I was so pissed. Did you get the Creedence tapes? <laughs> <laughs> Quick football note: We were talking about the quarterback room in the last segment. Uh, you know, Jack Plummer. <clears throat> a lot has been made about Jeff Brom saying open competition at the quarterback spot. I think that that's a little bit overblown. I'll be very surprised if Plummer's not your starting quarterback on opening Friday night against Georgia Tech. Got Caleb Johnson. But there is a there is a new competitor, reigning Kentucky Mr. Football, the 2022 Kentucky Mr. Football, Travis Egan, who just led Bullet East uh, to a, the 6A state championship mm-hmm. in December, has committed to Louisville as a preferred walk-on. Uh, he now becomes the second, I think, preferred walk-on that they've got in that quarterback room joining the uh, – McElroy from from Trinity, whose name first name I always that kid's still here. Is it Travis, <laughs> he's on the roster. Patrick Nathan, 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 Nathan. That's what, that's what it is. Uh, he told Cardinal Authority last month they offered me a preferred walk on spot. 
They have done a lot with walk-ons over the years, and they said there's an opportunity for me to come in as a walk-on, work hard, and try to get a scholarship. It's a good opportunity for me. Uh, Egan was Mr. Football last year after completing in 20, 215 out of 325 passes for 2,934 yards and 35 touchdowns against just five interceptions. He was also bowled his second-leading rusher with 979 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns, averaging seven yards per carry. I saw a lot of people who yeah, probably had some skin in the game or not partial viewers who were like, this kid's too good for a walk-on spot. I'm like, well, great. We're then we're we're getting him for the cheap. Is he? Did he get? A, I didn't know it was a walk-on spot when we. I saw he, he like he picked yeah. us. I thought he just we signed him and. Uh, no, he he. Had I a wasn't couple sure. Of, I mean, I, I don't know his measurements really. I know he's not. I mean, he had a couple of small school scholarship offers. Um, Kentucky Wesleyan. Okay. Charleston. Hey, they got a guy in the NFL. Yeah, but he if he get a walk-on offer from Eastern Kentucky, he was not. Louisville was not competing with big time programs to land him, but he's a, g- a guy that comes in here and you know, you know what, like he, he said, works hard, could potentially win a scholarship, become a capable backup. I mean, look at what I don't know if you heard the story before. Purdue's quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, they may only mentioned it seventy five times every Purdue game. Joined Purdue as a walk on, wound up becoming the starting quarterback uh, his last two years, and now as an NFL prospect. I know more about Aiden McConnell than I do the per- the guy working the booth next to us right Seriously, now. <laughs> I know. It's the sad part. I work next to that guy six to five days a week. Bill. <laughs> Bill. That's his name. It's my uncle's name. I'm going to remember it now. There you go. Uh, it was also an LGD guy, too, so I kept calling him. Okay. Uh, inside joke. The. You <laughs> know what I forgot what I was going to say? Oh. The one positive about this, I, I mean, whether he's good, he's a walk-on, I just like the fact that it's Louisville's getting somebody from Louisville. Yeah. And getting a Kentucky kid, a Mr. Football. Yeah. It's just, you know what? That's, that's what matters to me is just a local product again now, whether it's walk-on or scholarship, whatever, wanting to be at Louisville. That's something that we have not been able to say about anybody locally in five, six years. Are you claiming Bullock County is, is Louisville? They're, I think we do. Not really. I think, it, I think we do. South End, right? No, it's 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 that's the far east, right? It, it's Bull County, like Oldham County. We're you're good. Old. I mean, it's it's south of us. But I told you I have no sense of direction. I use GPS for everything. I don't really either. But I, you and I are both terrible in that. But Bull County, it's it's Louisville. You have a lot of Louisville fans in Shepherdsville. A lot of Louisville fans out there. Is that what it is? Yeah, okay. I think we claim them, even yeah. though they would say they're not a Louisville school winning this. Six, it still kind of blows my mind that Bulldogs won the six A state title. I considered them a Louisville school when they kind of when they won it. I mean, they're in the sixth region. Yeah, I mean, if you're, exactly. If you're in the sixth or seventh region, you're a Louisville school. Right? So does Oldham County count too? If you're going to count Oldham, you got to count Bullitt. I count Oldham County. They're both Louisville. It's kind of like the new little part of Louisville, right? The whole state wants to be Louisville, so we count as much as we can. According yeah. to, uh, I just got a text from our, our favorite listener, one of our favorite listeners. Sorry if you're listening, Mary. Uh, Sean Moth. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pick Moth over Mary. No offense, Mary. <laughs> Apparently, Egan's mom played on the women's basketball team at Louisville, Allison Bass. Nice. So it's a it's a legacy. Cool. We're bringing. I mean, we brought in Allen Houston's kid. We've got a women's basketball player's kid. We've got all the best local talent that couldn't get scholarship offers at FBS programs walking on. I like what Jeff Brom's doing right now. Yeah, well, he's, he's he's planting roots in in the city again. He's dominating the local yeah. scene, and that that's what we we've asked for for years now. He's got the big dog whimpering everywhere. I love it. Did you big see the- dog walking around like with a thorn in his paw? Just cry tweeting at every family member's wedding he goes to. <laughs> Not getting any Alpo. <laughs> Do dogs still eat Alpo? Uh, I don't know. I give mine Purina. Do you? Yeah, for the the hard food. We just get the hard. Yeah, we just get the. It's hard the food. steak and steak and vegetables. 
I, I retweeted this earlier. I don't know if you saw this this graphic. It did kind of blow my mind. Uh, this guy Jay Kuda on Twitter, Kuda. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He just Kuda. retweeted. It's one of those. You know, every graphic now has to include the United States map because we can't grasp things without seeing the actual map. Apparently, <laughs> and it was like the eight schools <laughs> that have been to ten plus Final Fours. And when you see it on a map, like it is kind of shy. only eight programs have ever been to to ten or more Final Fours. And the craziest thing for me, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, UCLA's the only one out west of Mississippi. Well, probably. UCLA's out west of Mississippi. Kansas is there. That the the other only school that's that's technically like anything other than east, um, basically eastern part of the country. But you see Ohio State there, and you yeah. don't see Indiana right there next to them. Like Indiana's been to eight Final Fours. They have not been to ten plus. Ohio State. Granted, most of theirs were well. It was way, most, way, way, it was way, way, basically back in the day. two different eras. You had the '60s where they went to three straight and won one with that Havlicek and John Lucas and, and Bobby Knight team, and then you had the the run with uh, uh, Mata and, uh, and Odin and them. They went to didn't they go? No, that they went to two back. Well, they back lost. Then. No, they went to one. They, they lost. They went to one. You think because Florida went back to back? Oh, okay. But they and played UCLA Florida. went to three straight. You still went to yeah. four straight. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, but Ben Holland. No, three straight. You're right. Uh, but, yeah, Ohio State went to the 07 championship game, and then they went back to the Final Four when we were there in 2012. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of like that's modern history. That's kind of it. I'm trying to think. Yeah, say then that's two, then three in the 60s. That'd be and then I guess but I mean they had like a bunch in the 40s. Did they? Okay. Well. Yeah. 40s and and. and 50s you only had six thirties playing the yeah. tournament. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's a little bit misleading. The sixties ones were tough though. Yeah, because that was that was against uh, they played back to back years against Cal in sixty one and sixty two. So they went to three straight. I'm looking at it now. They went to three straight Final Fours in the sixties. Yeah, sixty one, sixty six, one, sixty two. Only won one. Yeah, and then went to six in sixty eight, but then they went thirty nine, forty four, forty five, forty six. So they just World War Two. They were dominating. Well, they were they were the program of World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> Although they never won the national title, their only championship in 1960. Yep. Uh, but they and then they've been in '99, the the year that was so with Scooney Penn and those. Oh, boys. I remember. I, did, you know, I, that that was really. You became fun. a fan. That was a fan. That was a well. I I was actually so I liked Ohio State a little bit before because I liked Jimmy Jackson back in the early '90s and somewhat Dennis Hobson in '87. But uh, yeah, the the other one was yeah because I mean I I told you I played a pickup game with Scooney Penn. You love him. I love Scooney love Penn. I mean I, I Ken, Ken Johnson, Michael Red, Brian Darby. I remember that team. Yeah. Uh, but that was – just seeing that graphic, seeing not seeing Indiana on it, seeing you know, Louisville. So there's eight schools with 10 or more. Eight schools with 10 or more. We know – You should be able to get this We know now, UCLA. We know Kansas. We know Ohio State now. Yes, that's three. Um, Kentucky. That's four. Um, who am I brain farting? I mean, I wouldn't be bringing this up if we weren't on it. So Are we are? Definitely yeah. been, I guess We've been we have. Yeah, I can't remember. It's ten. It's just such a large number. It seems almost like a weird that Ohio State has been a ten. Yeah. So I'm missing three. And I know we're nobody out west. Um. Let's see. Florida hasn't been. These are very big basketball programs. I mean, if not Indiana, Illinois. No. I don't know. Illinois. Think like the biggest basketball programs in the world. <laughs> Louisville. <laughs> I said, uh, no, I forget. Just on brain part, just tell me. Duke, North Carolina, oh, uh, yeah. and then Michigan State. Well, one of these is not like the other. You should have got Duke, Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just brain farted. I don't know why I'm, I wasn't even going like be any farther east than Louisville for some reason in my mind. Well, this you know we are right there on the coast. 
Yeah, well, I hate them so much. The Atlantic just ends right I when you get think to think about them. When you get to the Ohio River, uh, we'll take a break when we come back. Five Dick, o'clock hour. Dick went to that just the Coach K run. He went to what six, five straight Final Fours between '86 and '92. We got the five o'clock hour coming up. It's going to be a shortened five o'clock hour. We're off the air at five thirty today to make way for IU basketball against Rutgers. So keep it locked right here. We'll talk about the pit game, make our predictions, get you ready for tip off. Mike Rutherford show rolls on after this here on the Big X. In somebody else's lake You dream about going up there But that is a big mistake Just look at the world around you Right here on the ocean floor Such wonderful things around you What more is you looking for? Under the sea Under the sea Under the sea It's the, it's the best diss song ever written It's better down where it's wetter <laughs> Nas Ether step aside Whatever that song was that Meek Mill wrote against Drake, step aside. <laughs> he wrote the entire human civilization. Better than hit him up. Better than hit him up. Better than I don't know, man. Four, three, two, one. Better than anything that's out there. He no. takes the entire existence of human beings and says, "What do they got? A lot of sand. That's all they got." Plus, I didn't know lobsters were Jamaican. And they can't be. <laughs> it's a vast ocean out there. <laughs> I guess, are, do you think they're near to make? Is that why? It's a great song. Fry us and eat us. I mean, here it goes. Oh, let's love to cook. Under the sea, we off the hook. Life is the Wait a minute, did Sebastian create the phrase off the hook? Maybe. No. Because I, I don't think all the hook was a, was a slang term until much after this, this movie. So it came out in 89. Life is the bubble. They got no trouble. They got a hot crustacean band. It's a great song. Okay. Do we do a variety song of instead of Under the Sea, call it Under the, under the under Kenny Payne? Under KP. Under KP. Under KP. We don't need recruits. We're going to hustle. Wait and see. What do they got? A lot of forwards. <laughs> we don't have many guards, but it's not going to stop us because we'll work hard. <laughs> you got the vultures. We got the culture under KP. We got so we got to do cape under the KP and we got to do nice and slow. <laughs> we can make this happen. I think we can do this. Songs. We should do an album. The song, the Rutherford album. Big X Sports Radio presents. Yes. Basketball songs of the 2022-23. We could do like the old like lifetime commercial with like the songs going across the list and like all the same. Even if it's the Classic worst thing. Classic like under KP. Even if it's the worst thing ever made, it's still going to be better than this season. It, it, more enjoyable and more entertaining than this season. There's no question yeah, about it. Sad but true. Uh, we've got about uh, 20 minutes here before we got to get out of here because we are off early today for IU basketball. The Hoosiers taking on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights right here on 1450 The Big X. Reminder, 970 WGTK is your place if you want to hear the pregame for Louisville versus Pitt. That's going to start at 530 as well. The voices of Jody Demling, Paul Rogers, and Bob Valvano 
all up there in Pittsburgh getting you ready for the cards and the Panthers. Tip-off at 7 o'clock inside the Peterson Event Center on the ACC Network. Uh, I, was, I was messaging my guy Jay Alter. I was telling you during the break. He's He hit me up a couple of times in recent years to like get ready for games. He wants to talk to people who have written stuff and who, who pay attention to the team. He, he does his homework. He's a professional. And he's, he, he messaged me today, and he's like, I've somehow avoided this assignment all year long, <laughs> but I've got Louisville tonight and on Saturday against Miami. And I was just like, God bless you. Just <laughs> just get ready. Just drop my name as much as you can, and that's all I ask. That's I'll it. give him five bucks if he says my name in the show name. He might. Maybe we can maybe we can make that happen. But he, uh, he he's done it before. It's usually like, I was reading on I was like, thank you for that. But it, it always used to come whenever he did it before, like the worst point of the game. I'm like, don't. Not, not right now. Jim. Well, that'd be anywhere between tip-off and buzzer. Today, yeah, that doesn't matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Cards are a 15-and-a-half-point underdog against a Pittsburgh team that came here to the Yum Center uh, last month and beat them by 21. It's a pit team real quick. We, we don't what what was the line in this game just a year ago today, like in last season this time? Like, the at, one that we lost? The one that we won, maybe. Because then we beat them. We beat them at home last year. Right? We beat them at home. Yeah, so that would have been the home game. I wonder, and that was earlier in the season than we're, at, we're in the position we're at now. I know that it was. Um, I I can't tell you. I can't. I don't know where to find. Because then we, we beat them. Deep, then we went by like thirteen or fourteen. No, that was what was it? A close game. I can't remember now. We lost to them. We lost them at Pitt. We lost them at Pitt. I can't find the my post from last year. My my preview from last year. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see here. Louisville versus Pitt preview. We were a 12 and a half point favorite. So nearly an entire role reversal within a year. Yeah. Well, more than that. <laughs> more, exactly. Even more than that. Is that and they actually won by 21 the first go round. Uh, it's a pit team. I mean, if you remember the first game and if you've repressed it, then that's totally understandable. But <laughs> it was a 21. It was, it was one of the, the worst performances that we've had in ACC play, which is saying something. Uh, pick him out. They hit 14 threes. We turned the ball over. It, it felt like every possession. Um, we ended up with 17 turnovers against six assists. They had uh, 21 assists on 14 made three-pointers, 14 made two-pointers. It was never really, after the first part of the first half, all that close. They made the big run, and then we wilted, and they they ran away with it late. Uh, it's a pit team that is different than just about every pit team that we're used to seeing, whether they've been good or bad. They're not big inside. They're not really big across the starting lineup. Uh, their starting center, John Hughley, who's supposed to be their best player, has been out for most of the season. So they go small. Uh, they go six foot, six three, six four, and then Blake Henson is a six seven guy that likes to live on the perimeter uh, in their starting four. They, of course, the Frederico Frederico is their starting center, six foot eleven. But they got the big, yeah, European. They got a couple of big guys, and then they have the the Diaz Graham twins from from Spain. I think Frederico Frederico, I believe, is from Amsterdam, Finland. Finland. Thank you. Uh, he's Limited. I think he can be a good player, but he's not going to kill you. Didn't uh, he hurt us last time, though? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Who didn't hurt us last time? Well, exactly. I think he had like eight points on three shots or something. <laughs> uh, two free throws, three shots. That, that was that twelve points us. on one shot. It's it's a record. But he's not a. He, he, he's he's a sophomore. The Diaz Graham kids are both freshmen. Like they're yeah. both as big guys tend to be. As freshmen and sophomores, works in progress. They're just kind of big. Um, that's not where they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you from the perimeter. They've always been kind of a bad outside shooting team, even when they've been good. They're a very good outside shooting team this year. They're second best in the ACC. Uh, they take a ton of threes. They make a ton of threes. They've got a bunch of guys that have, I mean, Henson killed us in, in the first game from deep. Um, Greg Elliott killed us in the first game from deep. Uh, the, the best player is Jamarius Burton, who killed us from from deep in the first game. Fill in the blank, he like, killed us from everybody. deep. And yeah. we refused to guard the three. 
We refuse to take care of the basketball. If both those things are, are true again tonight, we've got no chance. If both things are true tonight, we're still probably facing an uphill battle, but we can at least stay in this game. It, it is a building, the, the PEC, where we've had success over the years. Like We've not been intimidated by it. Even when Pitt was really good and kind of unbeatable at home back in the Big East days, we would go up there and win relatively consistently. Yeah, but we were good, too. We were good, and and, and we, are, we are we are not good now. So <laughs> here's hoping for the best. Here, here, we'll see what happens tonight. But um, hopefully, this is kind of what I was talking about on yesterday's show. I think the question now has become, because we're, we're searching for topics of discussion with this team, and one of them has become, well, they've gotten better, right? The last few games, we've seen them. You know, they were competitive against Florida State over the weekend, a team that beat them by 20, uh, 22 back in December. You can argue UofL had a shot to win that game. They maybe should have won that game. They finally won a game immediately before the Florida State game against Georgia Tech by 10. Um, Notre Dame, they battled back and lost by 14. Boston College, they had they were up by 12 at one point, and then BC scored some, some, some late points to make it look a little bit worse than it was. That four-game stretch, though, as Kelly Dickey pointed out on Twitter, the first time in the history of UofL basketball that they've played four straight teams with losing records. It's a terrible stretch of opponents. You went one and three, and you were somewhat competitive in two of the three losses. Like that's, is that really progress, or is it a sign of your level of competition? And I think we won't know that until we play these next few games because it it, it takes a massive step up starting tonight. You're at Pitt. You go to Miami, who has just beat the absolute brakes off of Duke last night, and who killed us a couple of months ago. You play Virginia on home next win at home next Wednesday, who we know how good they are. And then you play Clemson, who's on top of the league standings the Saturday after that. And then you go to Duke right after that. So does Louisville remain competitive, or do they kind of lose their soul here during this stretch? Do, do we? They have not given up yet. It's the one really positive thing you can say about this team. They have not quit. They seem to still be playing for Kenny Payne. But if they get shellacked by Pitt tonight, if they get shellacked by Miami on Saturday, do we start them to, to see them quit a little bit? Do we start to see them kind of hang their heads and give up a little bit. Do they remain competitive? I think that this stretch, we're going to find out the answers to those questions because this is a, I mean, just looking at the numbers, Boston College, 179 on Ken Palm. Notre Dame, 170 on Ken Palm. Georgia Tech, 208 on Ken Palm. Pittsburgh, 171 on Ken Palm. We're playing teams all ranked 60th or better over these next three weeks. Like, it, it is a massive step up in competition. I mean, the answer is is yes. I mean, they, they have. I mean, it's, I mean, the, the, the they haven't. I mean, they've been able to fight back against less less lesser talented teams like Florida State and Boston College. We actually they had to lead against and uh-huh. beat Georgia Tech, but and and we have. I mean, I have, we haven't. We have shown zero life. The the closest we've shown to life in a, in, a, in a game of, of solid competition was Clemson. So somewhat. I mean, and then we still lost that game by twelve, right? 13, 14, yeah. whatever, something like that. And then we we what did we do right after that? Carolina. Yeah, yeah, we we released a giant pit. load of poop in the bed. I mean, with against North Carolina, then Pitt, and we go yada yada. So no, I I have no. I mean, not to spoil the next ten minutes of my prediction, but I have no. There's nothing I'm my gonna, mind makes me think that we're going to win this game. I'm, I mean, I I, I would I, love I, to we're see even talking about winning. We're talking about being competitive. And I, what do you define as competitive with this team right now? But within twelve, like you have a. Cover. I mean, you feel like you have a realistic shot to win the game going into the final segment. No, I don't either. 
And that's my fear. My fear is that all this talk about, well, they've gotten better and you can say that they've bought in, it gets eviscerated by these next few games because yeah. they're so bad. We I, already, I hope I'm wrong. Again, we were, we were down this road, right? I mean, we, we, this, the Syracuse game, you, you cut with them. What? Oh, well, you know, Syracuse isn't that good, but they fought, they fought, they held, they had the lead in that game. You know, it just... The, Syracuse is worse than all these teams, though. I, I know, but again, it's but that's just that's the that's the mirage that we're being kind of fooled with, thinking that we can that this team. I, I don't want to say because I don't think, I don't want to say they've given up. I think that's unfair to use, but I think they've accepted their their, their station in life. Well, that was what I was saying. I, I said <laughs> they have not given up yet. Yeah. And my question becomes: Do they get so disheartened playing better competition now these next couple of weeks that at some point between now and the end of the month we see them finally start to just kind of hang their heads and give up a little bit. And and I, I hope that it's not the case. I hope that they can come out and, and be competitive, maybe steal one of these games. But I no, do have fears that, that you know, maybe what we've seen in the last couple of games is more about who they've played than it is about themselves improving and not giving up and, and all that stuff that we kind of want to believe. But just, just hang we'll your out. The Clemson time. game in a couple of weeks on the 18th is the game. That Got a shot. That's, that's I feel good the about one, it. yeah. I mean, all right. And then obviously you go to Georgia Tech and then – Botech, I think, could be possibility. But. Yeah, Botech's kind of, yeah. They're fighting a little bit, but, but they're not. How many times have we said, that team's not that good? That's a possibility, and then we lose by 20. It's happened a few times. Uh, we've got about 10 minutes here, times. so we'll take some texts from you guys at 502-414-1450. Texter says, I can name three cellists. Can anyone beat that? No. I'd be lucky to guess. You told me three instruments. I might not be able to figure, figure out which one's a cello. He says Ben Saleh. I, I know who Ben Saleh is. I didn't realize he was a cellist. He performed at Bellarmine. On, they used to do that hill thing. King of the Hill? No, they had like a, a free concert. K- running up that hill? Yes. Like, I didn't, you know what's weird now? I I didn't know who Kate Bush was when Strange. And I found I, I hate up that's like a bad on me for someone who loves eighties music. I know, I was much. very surprised. And I'm sitting there watching that that she's not into you movie, and he's trying to get back with his ex girlfriend. He's like, remember when I made you that mixtape of all the Kate Bush songs that reminded of us? I'm like Kate Bush reference. I'm like now now I can't like avoid it. By the way, is it me or she's not getting the Hall of Fame only because? Maybe this. I, I mean, know she's all famous. Yeah. Well, she's being inducted. Ben, if Ben Soleil is a cellist, then I I know too. Then he says Hilder Goodnatur, who I have no idea. So, <laughs> so my my hierarchy now is now Yo Yo Ma, Ben Soleil, everybody else. That's that's the cellist. Yo Ma. That's the cellist hierarchy. Text says to commemorate it being time for a change in baseball, Peter Brady will be singing the national anthem on opening day. Peter Brady, the, the from the Brady Bunch, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't He's know dead. if I'm missing something. <laughs> no, that's Greg. No, I mean Greg's alive. No, Mike's the one that died. Yeah, the dad. Yeah, because he, he had, yeah, he had AIDS. Texas Trev calls BS on Colorado being the most active state as he chokes on a cig in a big Montana. <laughs> yeah, he teaches his own man. I, I told you, I can smell our own. I know, I know, lazy. And Colorado is not the most active state. Texas Trevor, people from other states go there to be active, but not the people there. Texas Trevor brought our average way down. That's not fair. <laughs> Texas Trevor, we know the Super Bowl is crazy expensive. Why haven't you put out a Venmo ID yet? The Big X listeners will cover those $37 beers for you. There you go. I don't drink them. Do you have Venmo? I do. Put your put your address out there. It took TJ like two years to get me on Venmo. People will hook you up with some with some money. I mean, okay. That's what this guy's saying. All right. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll buy souvenir cups. I want souvenir cups. I'm a, do you know your Venmo ID? Yeah, it's just at my at, at Trevor underscore or dash Kelsey at Trevor dot dash Kelsey. Yeah, if you want to help Trevor get to Phoenix, the line dash, not the the horizon. Yeah. yeah, hit him up. 
Give him some money. You can't miss it. It's a picture of the fat guy in a bright Eagles green shirt. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one on there. I don't think I have like, a picture or anything on Venmo. I do. I had to put my... Well, because there's other Trevor Kelsey's on there. Okay. I didn't want people to get confused. Texas, what basketball recruits are we in on now? Any that could come in and make an impact? Well, for next year, no. <laughs> Be nice, man. But he's lie to the dude. We can't yeah, talk... we got this guy, Yo-Yo Ma. He's, got, he's been recruited to the top 24. I wish. <laughs> uh, we can't talk about uh, Trenton Flowers, the, the top 10 prospect in the 2024 class that I think Louisville has gone all in on. They... They wouldn't have had the follow-up visit with Nolan Smith going to watch him play in Charlotte on Sunday if they hadn't felt like the visit went very well over the weekend. Uh, I know he played in Frankfurt. That's Nolan, which is usually the reason he goes to visit some friends at Duke. I don't think so. He played in Frankfurt on Friday. The the Kenny Payton staff were courtside for that game, and then he came here, was at the game on Saturday. He seemed to be tweeting things that I think would would give the impression that he was having a good time and was seriously considering Louisville. Uh, Rivals caught up with him over the weekend and had him talk about all the different schools that are recruiting him. Now he did keep talking about like other schools are recruiting him like the hardest. And he did not mention Louisville in that group, which is a little bit concerning, but here's what he said about Louisville. They've been talking to me for a long time, very consistently. They love the way that I play. They feel it. My game fits and they think I can come in and be an impact player right away. They've been recruiting me a long time and coach KP and coach Nolan Smith. Those are my guys, even though they haven't had the best year, they'll start to pick it back up, which I like. He did, I mean, some of the things that he said about Alabama made me a little bit, I don't know, like, like I feel like he was, it, it comes off as him being more excited about Alabama. He said, they've been recruiting me the longest. I've known Coach Hodge and Coach Oates since they were at Buffalo when I was in the seventh grade. They tell me that I'm a Brandon Miller type of dude that I can come in there right away and take on that role that he's taken on. They have a pro plan for me, which is, Look, that's an attractive pitch. Brandon Miller's the best freshman in college basketball, and it's not close. He's going to be a first-team All-American. He's going to be. He's made himself into a, a top ten draft pick, probably. Like, if you're saying we think you can be this dude, that's a hell of a pitch right now because that's you're not waiting. Not only are you not waiting to go pro, you're coming in in your one season of college basketball. You're being mentioned as one of the best five ten players in the entire sport. If they're telling him he could be that guy, that's got to be that's an that's an effective. Effective recruiting tactic. What are you laughing about? Shout out to Ryan Miles. It just been with me a dollar. It's a Super Bowl fund. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it like, folks clicked on Does you have $1 in your account? There you go. <laughs> Texas, why does Trevor hate Vince Tyree? What's the story here? He did well when he was here. Mac was, was, a, There's your Mac was a no-brain hire. He helped us through the money issues. Is the fact that he kept set. That also ended up working out for us. I'm just saying. Well, I, I, a, I, I think we can agree to disagree that Mac was the, the obvious choice. I think there could have been maybe some other thought. Second, w- in what world did he do it? I mean, nothing he touched did right. What he fixed our money problems? Bounce the budget. What? What? How many times have I had? To, we don't have the money. We don't have the money. I thought Vince fixed all that. Balance the budget. He did. No, he didn't even balance crap. He had no Economist experience. DK. He was he had no experience. He's a failed businessman who just got brought in and he just George W. Bushed us. What does that mean exactly? It means he just uh, he he bankrupted a bunch of business because of, of his family name and then got to fall ass backwards into a nice job. You always say that. I don't think that actually happens. <laughs> Do you have proof of that? Isn't. Yes. Okay. Prove uh, it. He, he, no, he, well, he didn't bankrupt any businesses that he worked for. Are you sure? Yeah. Prove it. 
prove it. Search the bank. Search the. You're the one making the claim. Ah, but you have to prove me wrong. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Otherwise, you can agree with me. He, but he didn't. Like, like you can find out businesses that have filed for bankruptcy. That's public knowledge. Yeah, they're better off than that. He's left. He's gone. Name me one good thing he did here. Bounce the budget. We did it. We whether you believe it or not, people who are way smarter than me and who know this thing talk about the financial ruin that Louisville was in at that time and do say that Vince Tyree did a hell of a job. Well, good. I'm glad. Super. We hired an accountant as our AD. Yeah. I mean, you can you can knock the hires if you want to. I, I'm fine with that. But the money stuff, again, it's over, it's that's, over my that's head. What, that's what he's hired to do. An athletic director is to build the athletic programs and hire coaches. And fix the money issues within the athletic program. Like, that's that's part of his job, too, Trev. He's like, so, the difference is I made It's like when they had a science teacher coaches in basketball at Westport. We got an accountant doing the AD job. Well, I mean, all I'm saying is, again, unlike you, I can admit when stuff's over my head and I don't know, and people who are much smarter than I am and who are in positions of power have all said the same thing, and I choose to trust them. So, so, and Vince Tyra's tenure it would be considered, amongst especially the two power sports, the two worst eras in Louisville history? Well, no. I mean, Louisville football's been in way more dire straits than they have in That's the last true. few years. That's true. I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, basketball— Last I mean, 50 years. I mean, it, last 40 years, No. Maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, the 80s, they were, we thought about going to getting rid of the sport. Early 80s, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, we went, what, had one win in 84. Yeah. And I mean, basketball, I think there's more Josh Hurd <laughs> than it is Vince Tyre, unfortunately. Uh, this is the worst it's been. And it's been the last two seasons since Vince left. He was a bad AD. He was a bad hire. That's why I don't like him. There comes the Trevor argument. There it is. Just, well, just moving on. Texas, if Vince paid for TK's Super Bowl ticket, does that help him get back on his good side? Yes. Of course it does. Are you kidding me? Yes. Trevor, would be singing, Trevor, would be, Trevor would be an economist by Monday if Vince Tyree paid for a Super Bowl ticket. I would, I would say nice things about Vince. I, yeah, I, come on. I have no, I have no pride. I'm, I beg for sex. I mean, I, I'm not going to not gonna sit. Of course I'm going to be bought. Texas, Trevor likes collecting uh, collector's cups. I no, do. Nothing he'd call a career, but he does have an extensive collection of name tags and haircuts. <laughs> Thank you. No, I do. Like some people have, I don't know. Like, so I don't know. Some people get programs. I know those are harder to get now. Ticket stubs. I used to love collecting ticket stubs. Those are gone wayside now. But every time I go to any event, even when I went to AEW at, at Rupp Arena, I, I have I bought a collector's cup. Like I I I don't know why. It's just, I'm weird that way. Yeah. I have stacks of them. Stacks of them in my house. I've got a couple from the the 2013 and 2012 Final Fours. My favorite was like, what was it? Was it a couple years ago when Louisville was selling like collectors cups from like three years ago? At the yeah, it, <laughs> it was the, the it was the, the the football season that was like 2019, 2020. 2020, yeah. Like, yeah, they were selling like cups from like, were like I want the new, I want the season. It's like the, here's the 2017 collectors cup schedule cup. But like yeah, I love like anytime I go to any any sporting event. I mean, even like I said the Rupp Arena one wasn't AEW cups. They were just like whatever brand is sold on Rupp Arena now. I forget what it's no. called. Uh, they look like that, but they're I don't know. Just, I'm a weird guy. I mean, I kid you not. The, the, the Tupperwares, you know, that you can put, like, stuff in. I've got, like, three or four of those in my storage. just full of nothing but collector's cups. Nice. nice. And I usually end up buying one or two. Texas, what was the Venmo account again? Uh, Trevor.Kelsey. Trevor.Kelsey. That guy, Venmo. Eagle shirt. Old school throwback Eagle shirt. All right, we've got... Uh, I'm up to $1 so far. <laughs> he's got $1. He's going to make it. We're going to... You can get to Phoenix. You can do a lot with a dollar. All you need is a chair and chip. Hey, a wise man once just said, oh, I need a dollar. Dollar's all I need. Hey, hey. All right, we're out of here at 530 today, so we can go ahead and make our predictions for tonight's game. Again, 7 o'clock tip-off on the ACC Network. You can listen to it on our sister station, 970 WGTK. Uh, TK, Pitt is a 15.5-point favorite. 
What's your prediction for tonight? Mm, lots of pain for us. Um, my prediction is um, Louisville, you know, it's the same old, same old don- song and dance as Errol Smith once said. Louisville will come out. I think they will probably get punched in the mouth early. I think we're going to fall down 12 to 2, 14 to 3, something like that. Kenny will call a timeout. We'll, we'll we'll keep our head above water at that point, doggy paddling like we're under the giant, the Princess Bride. <laughs> and it, I don't know why I did the motion for anybody but you over here. YouTube cameras. I do, any day we, now. Do, we do need them now, yeah. Because they're I'm, coming. You really, you people don't realize I do hand motions when I when I talk. Uh, so I, I, when it's all said and done, the smoke is clear. I think Louisville makes a little bit of run, cuts it to like maybe back to twelve, but it stays probably fifteen to twenty most of the way, and Louisville ends up losing by fifteen or sixteen. I'm going to say border on the a border on the spread. So don't bet it if I'm you. Yeah. I, I'm going to say pit 80 to 73 or 63, 80 to 63. I'm going to say we lose by 17. Yeah. Um, hope I'm wrong. Hope it's competitive. Hope we do win. we get a positive performance from anybody in Louisville tonight. I'm sure somebody will step up. I mean, I, I'm going to say Kamari Lance continues the offense. He's playing with a lot of confidence. He's finally shooting the ball. Well, he has a good game off the bench. There, there you go. I, I'm okay with that. All right. Go cards beat pit. Let's hope we're both wrong. Let's hope we're celebrating a victory tomorrow on the show. Even if we're not, We'll be back tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Enjoy the game tonight. Have a fantastic Tuesday. Go Cards. Play the flute, the top, play the hop, the place, play the bass, and they sound the jump, the bass, play the brass, the jump, play the top, the flute is the Duke of Soul.